cannot catch a virus. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? Well, back at it again, boys. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep, frazzle drip deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And welcome to another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Big Country. As always, on the other end of the mic, unfortunately, my two favorite hosts are not with me. To help celebrate our 100th episode, but we do have a very special guest on tonight's show. We have one of the biggest inspirations that we had for our show, Mr. Gordon Roxford from Those Conspiracy Guys. Brother, how are you? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Absolutely. I appreciate it. I feel privileged to be the inspiration behind it. We talked long, we talked hard, and we talked long uh, through Instagram, on the phone, Instagram fucking, I think we did Instagram, late night Instagram videos. I was lying in bed by the pillow going, yes, what do you want to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we met in person in Ireland as well and chatted about yeah. it. So I'm so glad, I'm so glad yeah. that the show has come from Dirty Roro and the boys and evolved into the uh, the WBC universe. Uh, it seems to be um, flying along. Fair play to you. It- it is, man. I appreciate that, and 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 I'm not totally not blowing hot smoke up that tight Irish sphincter of yours. Uh, we owe a lot to you and Sam for kind of giving us. I don't know. I guess you could say the courage to start a show, because you I'm know. Happy to hear it. We talked about it. We talked about it, and I was like, these guys are awesome. And one night we just said, "Fuck it, let's do it," and uh, we started there, and now we're here, and uh, it, it's kind of crazy. I actually was at Sam's show in Dallas. The wife and I were down in Texas for a couple of months. I was doing a job cool. and somebody recognized me. They're oh, like, that's hey, fucking, that's a good feeling, bro. I was like, when it's not the cops, that's a, when it's not the cops, that's a great feeling. Fuck? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Is it, did he have like no hair and kind of gills under his ears? He's like, <laughs> yeah, his cramped. eyes flickered. Yeah. He blinked sideways. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's it nice was, to it hear that's true, the origin man. story. It's, it's nice to hear that's the origin story. Usually you're like, I was listening to your show on me and my mates and we were thinking to ourselves, we could do that shit. <laughs> we could do it better. Fuck those guys. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's one of those things where like uh, a lot of people say like, hey, you know, I hear you doing your show and it makes me think that I could do a show. And I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or not. It's like, what? But the, the, the Yeah, thanks, I think. Uh, but the way that... Um, <laughs> The way, the way that uh, really, really complicated, excellent, very popular things seem effortless, like that means that there's even more work going into it to make it feel effortless. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like, yes, like, absolutely. Sometimes you can see the work and sometimes you can't. And you're like, this is brilliant. But like, I can totally do that. And then people try to do it. And they're like, oh my God, what the fuck? I'm going mental. How does anyone do this ever? It's like, well, that's half the talent. It feels effortless. It doesn't feel like it's hard work to listen to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fucking, you know, shoveling coal mentally uh, behind this whole machine. And I find that the people who do start up podcasts and who do reach out to me and I do take time to send emails and give recommendations and find apps and listen to the listen to the what would you call it the pitch of what you want to do and then I go like okay and I throw it into the washing machine of my brain and knock it around and say if you use this app with this thing and try this maybe try this style and just like from the my podcast and knowledge because I do consume an awful lot of um, different podcasts and a lot of like how to's and media how to's and stuff on YouTube and yeah listening to listening to like marketing podcasts and other conspiracy shows and so there's a lot of knowledge in there that I very rarely get to utilize actively. I use it on my own show, right. but I active, don't actively get to kind of make something out of it. So it's really nice to hear that uh, somebody knows how, how much fucking hard work goes into it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. again, Sam Tripoli and XG and Johnny Woodard, like those motherfuckers make it look like it's a fun time, like good times, smoke a bowl and fucking talk shit. Oh, my God, that you just blew my mind. Like, it's not, yeah, you know, it seems, right. it seems like, oh my you know, God. Oh my God. It seems like, you know, s- simple Jack or something like, you know, they've got a fucking microphone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that motherfucker, like, he works, you know, like he does a yeah. lot of fucking hours. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's not COVID. And uh, like Johnny, Johnny, the Johnny's hint on the of one. Delta? What? Mm, it's got um, an, an Omicron afterbirth. Um, <laughs> mm, it's got notes of, notes of mucus. Um, so yeah, like Johnny on the on the ones and twos, uh, doing all the fucking technical shit. Like that's a ferocious amount of work. And then XG is yeah. like producing like a motherfucker. He's he's a producer like five different podcasts. We don't smoke the same. And uh, Luis J Gomez, I think as well, and a few other ones. Like it's hard work to do that shit. Yeah. And uh, they make it look effortless. And that's how you know it's it's really really good is when it's yeah. when it's effortless. Same with those conspiracy guys, like. I do an awful lot of stuff behind the scenes. But it's great to see you guys coming along and um, making something out of it. I think that uh, opinions of like assholes, uh, everybody's got one. But as you know yourself, we, we've all seen how many assholes are on the internet. And not all of them are attractive. Just because everyone has one doesn't mean that they all need to be seen. Uh, yeah, I don't want to lick all of them. Month or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You want to lick the select <laughs> few and you put them into an app and you access them like three, four times a week. But um, yeah, like it takes a really... A lot, like a lot of work to get to cultivate an attractive arsehole uh, mm-hmm. that people will want to look at instead of their own with a long handled mirror, which is what a lot of people do. They end up just sitting around looking at their own arsehole, uh, all metaphorically, obviously. But um, yeah, you've got a lovely arsehole, man, and uh, I hope you guys keep on polishing it and and making the uh, WBC. I was uh, just gonna say I appreciate that show, right anyway. before you said I hope you keep polishing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's fucking it's come a long way and it's obviously you're doing it what now three years and it was dirty yeah, yeah, for roughly, like a yeah, year and a half roughly. of that so mm-hmm. like, give or take yeah uh, you know you've only put the conspiracy market and spin on it even though it was conspiracies from, from dot in the last year and a half of course like discovery you're rolling up the charts you're getting people on the show like it's uh it's a long road i'm doing it eight years now and i was doing i was producing the show a year and a half before i even put lips to mike so like Almost ten years doing those conspiracy guys. Can you fucking believe that shit? Yeah. So like, yeah, that's the that's the way it is. Like, um, it comes. It doesn't come easy. But when it comes, it comes a lot. No. 
No, yeah. That's the way it is. And, into, into an and, asshole that everyone has. And I, I appreciate all that, man, because cause seriously, you, you and, and, and Sam, we owe a lot to as far as our inspiration goes. And, and we've come a long way, but I, I can already see we have a further road ahead of us, right, to get mm-hmm. it to where we would be, where we want the show to be. Um, like we just got a new computer that's like a, it's like a big setup, like gaming computer, but we kind of yeah. built it to, for the show, for videos, for live, live videos. For streaming, like yeah. yeah. Streaming, editing, well, You need to invest like in yourself. You do need to invest yeah. in yourself. Time and money and, uh, like learning. Like you guys have a lot of reading to do. I know you listen to loads of podcasts trying to inform yourself so that when you're coming to the mic, you have shit to say. You're not just pirating some other motherfuckers bullshit. And from the days of Dirty Roro, Till now, like the content, the, the 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 conceptualization of different topics and like opinions are less juvenile. There's dick jokes and stuff, but there's less, it's less juvenile. Yes, yeah. it's, it's more salient points are being made, and it's something that's become valuable rather than like a, a a parroting of like a parody or a parroting of somebody else's opinion just with your yeah. accent. Do you know? And that happens yeah. over time. Yeah. And the more you know, the more you know. You it know. does. The more you learn, the more you can talk about. And if you're if you're dedicated to educating yourself about it, and you know, reading the books rather than reading the articles about the books, or listening yeah. to the podcast about the articles about the books, which is what a lot of people right. do. If you're willing to get into it, into the weeds, like um, there's an awful lot of stuff there to be valuable for other people. You know, absolutely, hundred percent. And and the thing was too is when we first started, we didn't know where it was going to go. We didn't know what was going to happen with it, and there was a couple naysayers around us. Um, and we always thought, you know, if no one ever even listened to our show, we were still having a lot of fun just getting together once a week and talking, you know, talking yeah. with your buds. But, um, and, about uh, increasing the important stuff as the world yeah. folded in around you, you were like, I wonder is yeah. this ever going to be a thing in real life? And then all of a sudden it fucking manifests itself in front of your eyes and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're, you, you went for a swim and then you're caught in a tidal wave and you're like, Oh my God, like we kind of predicted this wave. We were talking about this wave and there was calm seas and nobody thought about it. And then we were like, lads, there was waves. There's always been waves. And then all of a sudden, like everyone's caught in this wave and you're at the very top of it. Yeah. Yeah. The beach boys. I got a boombox with the beach boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the fucking, it was, we're serving you and we're at the top of it going like, I seen this shit from the horizon, motherfucker. I was using Eddie yeah. Bravo's fucking telescope for looking at ships to go That's over it. the horizon, flat earth. And I seen this shit. None of you listen listening to me. But yeah, it, um, it comes at a price. Do you ever find your mind? kind of starts getting away from you and you're like oh yeah thinking about doom and gloom and the more you expose yourself to it like the more you think fuck the world is fucked the, the more fucked i think that we are the further you i think? get into it and, yeah. and but here's the thing though like i talked about this on one of the shows that we had and i was talking about the fact that i i enjoy playing video games um yeah all different kinds Same. right but mm. I, I stick to a genre, if you will, of vintage, what we would consider vintage, right? I got a Sega Genesis. I got a uh, PlayStation Classic. I got a GameCube. Like I, I, Dreamcast is one of my favorite systems of all time. And psychologically, I thought I was going through this thing in my head where I don't want to be 
too much involved with the new digital world, like the metaverse and people buying fucking $60 million yachts to put in their fake sense house. So it's like my way of staying in a digital world, but through like an analog system. And then I can turn that shit off when I'm recouped. You know, um, yeah, my yeah. wife doesn't understand like that's how I decompress is like I go play Sonic or something like that or Mario or whatever the fuck it is. Cause, and maybe that's an aspect of my childhood as well because it seemed to be in the 90s. The 90s was dope as fuck. I love the 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> the last great decade. Uh, there's a book. Yeah. Book, I can't remember the name of the guy. The, the 90s, the last great decade. And it tells you all about like economics, politics, soci sociology, like I mean, the, the last time stuff was invented for the first time, the 90s, and then it all becomes this intangible digital inventions, uh, machine machine advancements and um, internet and intangible stuff being created, mm -hmm. rather than like machines, inventions, actual things. It's all software. It's all, you know, if electricity got switched off in the morning globally, the last 20 years of human advancements would, by and large, pretty much disappear. Yeah, the nineties was the last last great kind of uh, mechanical or industrial decade. It, and I mean, it was, and everybody the games were was great. The movies were class. Yeah, the clothes were dope as fuck. You know, everyone's trying to recreate that shit now, and yeah, and like, uh, uh, what's that? There's this thing on Netflix, man. The guy from SNL is doing like a fake Saturday morning uh, smash. I think I've seen smash, oh, fuck a Saturday morning smash or something. It's called. He's like, yo, what's going on, dude? My name's Trayvon. <laughs> Here we are, Saturday morning. You guys ready for some cartoons? Here we got Flarnock. Flarnock and Friends. Flarnock and Friends. Flarnock and Friends. It's like this fucking manic depressive dinosaur that's like, hey, dudes, <laughs> I woke up and I have, it's like fucking, um, what's that, Encino Man or something with Brandon Fraser. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Ice Cube anyway. It's this dinosaur like a brontosaurus who does like skateboarding and wears his hat backwards and shit like that and then he, he's like going out with a girl and then the girl kind of breaks up with him and he gets really morose and it's just like oh, my neck is long enough to if I try to hang myself and reach the floor and well, I can't even kill myself like it gets real dark but it has that 90s sheen like how much yeah, dark yeah, shit yeah. was in the, how much dark shit was in the 90s that we were all exposed to as kids and it's just kind of it went in a little bit but kind of like blew off us like, how many yeah. computer games did we play that were like, this is dark. Or how many movies? Like, watching Robocop as a kid. Your move, yeah. creep. And, and yeah, definitely shouldn't be watched by children. And yet it was like on at like 7 p.m. on, on cable and you're watching it going, yeah. like, are we supposed to be watching this? Yeah, it's Robocop. I'm getting Robocop figurines for Christmas. And I'm like, this guy shot a guy in a dick <laughs> and he's made out of a fucking murdered, he's made out of a murdered policeman. And he fucking melted yeah. the guy with a vat of acid. And there's like kids are like, yeah, Robocop for Christmas. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> dude, it's a different time, just, dude. It was a different fucking I time. I distinctly remember as a child. So my brother had a Sega. First, one of the first games my parents bought for him was Mortal Kombat. Now in the first Mortal oh. Kombat, you got to put a code to put the blood in, right? Well, he yeah, knew course. it, right? S Scorpion. So Get over here. Yeah, fucking ripping spleens out, just skull fucking dead skeletons, setting them on fire. I could tell you, down, up, left, left, A, right, down is the code. I still have it locked in. <laughs> down, up, left, left, A, See? right, down. There and we're go. not serial in, killers. Bro.
You know? Not, well, I mean, not yet. Fingers crossed. Not yet. But, um, <laughs> your fingers crossed. <laughs> There's still time. Do you find, do you find playing computer games makes you, makes you, uh, kind of switch off? It has that, for me, it has that thing of like, I get to feel like I'm doing something without actually having to do something. I don't have to prove it to anybody. And it's like, a, yeah. It's like a, it's like a sense of completion without actually producing anything. Yep. A hundred percent. It gives me like the little manly buzz that I feel like it's like, yeah. You completed a task. Here's some serotonin, <laughs> but I'm not that's, like actually making something. You know? That's 100 percent what it is, and and um, there's so much about like. <laughs> so I was. This is so funny because I was at uh, church like a month ago with my wife, and we're sitting in service, and a, the pastor, very pastor esque, poses this question. He's like, "Man, I remember I was asked one time like." If you could go back to any time era, where would you go? And he's like, I would go back Nineties. to like when Jesus was alive with the disciples. And oh, I was geez. like in the P in the church. And I go, nope, nineties. Ninety one. bro. And my wife's like nudging me. What to, are you talking about? Take me back to 89 and I just get ready for the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Got my yeah. Jinkos on. Yeah. Yeah. My space fucking. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. when they used to hand out like. CDs at the library of like 900 free minutes of AOL or whatever. AOL. Yeah. That used to be. And it... <laughs> I fucking hear that shit sometimes on a loop and yeah. like get stuck with it. Yeah, we used to get AOL. I remember I remember dialing, doing, doing, doing dial up at home in, the, in my home house. On a Windows ninety five, a gateway Windows ninety five computer. Yeah, we started our first computer was an Amstrad CPC six one two eight. It was the black and green screen. Where you'd have to spend like a whole sunny day typing in like twenty two pages of code from the back of the binder book to be able to play like Brick Breaker or something like that. And you could you couldn't save that. it because it was bigger than one point four four megabytes and it was bigger than a floppy disk, and you couldn't split the code. So. um Almost more RAM than the Lunar Lander. Yeah, yeah, like a Game Boy <laughs> or something like that. And uh, fucking, fucking uh, playing, uh, trying to get on the internet, you know, to download tit pictures or whatever. And you hit the wrong thing. And the what was it called? The exchange. Do you know the way you used to have to call the exchange number? So it was like a dial the- plus whatever, and you have to call. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 and I remember there was a little virus. If you go on to certain websites, tit websites, tits and dicks, uh, you'd press, it's like a little, when you're in the fury, like you're in the fury and you're just like agreeing whatever button, whatever box comes up, it's like, blah, blah, blah. do you agree? Yes, yes, show me tits. And you press the thing and it changed, <laughs> it changed, you're like, blah, blah, blah. yes, 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 yes. It changed the fucking landline number and it changed it from like the Irish exchange that we were calling into that was like two miles up the road to like somewhere in fucking Malaysia or Vietnam or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it changed it in Windows 95. So then it goes like, those beepoo beepoops sound like there's a lot more numbers today. I don't know. And then you get a bill for 800 pounds to the house. And it's like, hey, you, <laughs> back when it was Irish pounds, it's like, you called fucking Vietnam for eleven hours this month, and you're like, "Yeah, oh what? Yeah. No, I didn't." Like, yeah, them you shits. watched Afro Horse thirteen times. <laughs> you watched a Chinese girl diarrhea a fountain from her butt into her mouth in a bath. I was like, "Oh, dude, 
Remember that website? I still, so I still remember uh, being on the internet and like looking up, you know, boobs or whatever, and it yeah. was like eight photos. <laughs> there was only eight yeah. total <laughs> that you can pick from. And you're like, and one of them was right, like well, a I've medical already, picture. Yeah, yeah I've already like, slapped oh. the hand to seven of these. So, <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it was a great time, but um, I think it was a, a, a more innocent time, uh, even though shit was happening all around. Now with the gift of history and hindsight. We can look back in the 90s and go, Jesus, man, the corrupt, the massive amounts of corruption. Like, we just did an episode on yeah. Waco there not so long ago, and it was like, Christ Andy almighty. Like, yeah. what that, what those motherfuckers got away with? But because there was no, like, ubiquitous information sharing among humans, because the internet wasn't fully active at that wasn't point. It, it was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, people weren't making their own websites in, like, well, they were, but, like, it wasn't such, like, tonight I could go, like, bing, bang, and have a fucking... You know, do a GoDaddy website and have a fucking thing with like a MySpace or a or, or a MySpace, a fucking uh, Squarespace, and like have a fully functioning, super class looking website in you know forty minutes that the right, whole world yeah. can log into. But in like nineteen ninety six, you had to know HTML and all this kind of shit, like to be able to program a website in. And mm-hmm. it was like Yahoo was the king shit of fuck mountain. Yahoo was it. Yeah. There was no Google. Uh, Lycos, Alta Vista, Ask Jeeves, and then you were going into like, like the searches weren't the same. So you go into each different engine and try and find the thing that you were looking for. Answers weren't there. Now everything is on the internet, but before yeah. it wasn't. Now when something's happening, to- breaking news, there's 10 cunts with like fucking iPhones filming the breaking news happening. And then like within minutes, you can go onto Twitter and type in, I heard someone say something about Houston, and you said just type in Houston in the Twitter search, and there's like, citizen journalists after documenting the thing as it happened so like yeah can you imagine trying to find out if something happened in like 1994 it was fucking impossible man you wait two days and show up in a magazine that's nine pounds which is yeah like two, yeah like three out <laughs> you have to work for three hours in a shop to be able to afford this right. magazine that's <laughs> yeah. 10 days after the event happened to look at five pictures and like 300 words of text to find out what happened like right. it's a different world yeah. now we live in, you know. Everything happens so Fuck, fast. You, so you had to know you had to know the specific site. Like you couldn't you had to know the site to type it into the search bar and if you typed it wrong, like, nope, sorry, nothing there. Yeah. Can't help you. Yeah, yeah. Try again. Even even email it's, and stuff like that wasn't as like you had your mm-hmm. MSN and you had your MSN messenger and you had your you know your uh, you know, AOL. One, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to say that I, I appreciate about your show so much and it's so funny to me. Because of maybe my dark sense of humor, but I love how when you introduce these topics or these shows, uh, and and you bring up the topic of alcohol or drugs or anything like that, and you're like, oh no no, I'm I'm sober, I don't do this anymore. But enjoy this twelve hour podcast of little boys assholes getting raped with firecrackers by a pedophile, and I'm like, why do I say like Tom Cruise and firing away? It's terrible. Oh, what? Just Here's an episode on Jimmy Savile. It's fucking weird. There's two lads pushing batteries up a child's arse. Um, yeah, you think you think drugs and alcohol, you know, contribute to the debauchery? I'm sure. Oh my god, I was just like, wait, you're sober and you're talking about this. I became an alcoholic because I'm listening to this. This is crazy stuff. That's that's what like I'm asking the, you. Like, how is your brain now that you're getting deeper into conspiracies? Like, we grew up in a hard time in the 90s when shit wasn't easy to find, and yet we found it. Shit wasn't easy to consume, and yet we fucking ate that shit up. 
Like we were kids, man. And they yeah. were showing us stuff that adults shouldn't be looking at. And we were taking it in like, this is totally fine. Even mm-hmm. all the kids shows had like crazy sexual humor and, you know, <clears throat> everything. Apart, like like Ren and maybe. Stimpy? Dude, Ren and Stimpy. Uh, uh, what's that? Cat dog, you know? Yeah. A little cat dog, like in a fucking, and the devil and his shiny arse cheeks. Like all these crazy <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> Remember that? Hello. Dude, I watched hyper hyper gay Ren, devil with shiny butt cheeks. I I watched Ren and Stimpy as an adult, and I went, "Oh my god!" I yeah. this makes a little bit more sense as to why I've had some interesting thoughts throughout my life because this is wildly inappropriate for anybody but under dude, the age even, of I don't know thirty. Have you ever gone back and watched like Rugrats? Like the amount of stuff that's going on in the background in Rugrats. Is bonkers the amount of adult teen stuff because I don't think it was 100% made for kids, it was made for kids to watch it, but for adults to be able to watch it behind, like The Simpsons, like there's a, a second yeah. level meaning so that you can watch it with your kids and not feel like you're fucking losing brain cells or whatever. So we right. had all of that stuff like dumped in our brains and it kind of corrupted us a small bit, I think. And then as soon as we got at the internet, like our generation, what are you like 35? 32. 32. So like you're even six years younger than me, man. So you're you're possibly like squeaked past millennial. Like you're pro- probably the the oldest Gen Zs. I'm I'm still well. If you look it up, I'm still considered a millennial, but it has such a negative connotation. Even I'm like, no, nah, I'm not fucking. Like, nah, I'm not. I don't think so. Thirty two means you're eighty eighty nine. So 89, yeah. cutoff, millennial cutoff is like eighty five. I thought something like that. So you're definitely it, you're definitely not millennial anyway. Well, maybe I'll but take you're in it. That, in either that, way, you're in I'll that you're in that cohort which is like um, analog childhood, digital adulthood, where you still mm-hmm. had like the non-internet days of your most of your yeah. formative years. So until like yep, you know, 1999, 2000, when you're 13. Uh, I think I think if you're if you're younger than if you're younger than 15 at 9/11, you're you're a Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Because that shit is too, you were too young for it to fully fuck your mind. But like the youngest millennials um, are all fucked in the head because yeah. 9-11 took their late teens and then the crash took their late 20s when they should have been buying houses. And now this yep. fucking thing is taking their late 30s when they should be in a bought house with a family. And they're like, well, I can't. Yep. I really want to have a family now in the middle of a pandemic. So, like, all of those massive milestones for millennials are getting stolen, you know? And, uh, yeah. yeah, our minds are corrupted, dude. And then we get fucking all this conspiracy theory stuff. Like, this all got poured into us. It's no wonder that everybody's so mad into it. It's no wonder that it's one of the biggest uh, the biggest topics on the internet right now. Like, between Alex Jones and David Icke, uh, Alex Jones being one of the most watched people, he beats uh, most of the mainstream news media numbers download numbers or what are like consumer numbers combined yeah. and then yeah. david like goes and fucking does a couple of uh live streams with the london reel and he ends up breaking the record for like the the most watched live stream on the internet in history and stuff like that so like we're that's, coming that's, for you david but this <laughs> yeah yeah Whoa, fucking. <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> it's one of those things where like you're thinking like yeah, I picked the right topic to be an expert in 20 years ago when yeah. I started getting absolutely fascinated with this. But I just thought, like, yeah, the world is fucked. Like, 
now it's becoming more real. I'm I'm even trying to become more temperate with it. I'm trying to not get too engrossed in it. I'm actually like kind of extricating, removing myself a little bit from the consistent barrage of all of the information. Like I stopped watching politics. I stopped watching. I, I was obsessed with the Trump and the Trump presidency and the opposition trying to take him down and Nancy Pelosi fucking clapping like a f- drive pussy fucking cunt rocket like fuck that bitch and her fucking her her inside trading pillow talk yeah fucking t- t- <laughs> leaning over taking her teeth and putting them in the glass by the side of the bed and going we should buy stock <laughs> fucking witch but yeah. watching her She's like such fuming cunt. such a cunt watching her fuming trying to take down Donald Trump was the most entertaining thing I think I've ever seen in real life like that mm-hmm. whole drama, it was super entertaining, but also it showed a lot of holes in society of a lot of broken people who were like, this is not fair. I felt that life in the world has not been fair since I was fucking 17, since I watched two planes fly into the towers and our world changed. And then yeah. I watched fucking Le- Lehman Brothers take the sign off the front of the, uh, off the front of the door and the global collapse and then the <clears> world changed. And then the fucking yep. pandemic came and stole two years off us and the world changed and everything is not fair. And I want to fucking shout about it. So there's so many people who are living in a world that's really unfair for them. They're looking at their parents who own their houses, probably owning a second house, retiring early, having a rake, rolling around in rakes of money. And they're watching all this happening from the box room, the box bedroom at the back of the house that they have to live in because they can't fucking find a place to live on their own because rent is yep. so goddamn high. Because all the yeah. people that are parents' ages are fucking landlords. That's their second property. So it's just like a world of unfairness, prolific prolific amounts of like visible, tangible corruption. Yeah. Of course, people are going to be... <coughs> my throat is very dry and so I've talked all day. Of course, people are it's going okay. to be uh, fucking you. annoyed, you know? And yeah. then uh, they get so deep into it so quickly. I was talking about this with some with some uh, Irish guys from the Irish Inquiry the other night. People get into this real quickly, man. And especially in yeah. the last two years, like they've tried to put 20, like we've been slow dripping it for a while. Don't know how long you're into conspiracies, but I'm in it more than 20 years. So I've been slow dripping the shit. And when this stuff happens, I'm like, of course that's happening. Of course. I totally expected that. It's almost like, do you know, and it's a terrible analogy, but do you know when somebody has cancer for like seven years and they're like slowly dying and fading away. And then like, finally, when they do die and they're all like withered away to nothing and, the, you know, everybody's standing around and it's like going vigil, the candlelight vigil and they've gone through like, chemo and radiotherapy and losing her hair and ringing the bell and remission and fucking comes back again they're like oh my god or something you know by the end by the end of it the person when they die like most of the family are like okay god fucking relief what a relief that's took a long time to happen yeah it's not like a surprise death and it's like crazy mourning and all these like extremes of emotion where they're like, oh my god i can't believe it happened so unfair and he was so yeah. young and blah 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 it's like they've got seven years to get used to somebody dying so by the time they die, yeah. they're like, yeah, I totally expected that. It's not hitting us as hard. Like, we're going to grieve, but like, you know, it's almost a relief. You grieve differently, to know yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a relief to know that it's happening, you know, and they're out of pain. That's how I feel about the world now. I watch the fucking have cancer and be fucking, you know, Freddie Mercury and on the, on the bed. You know, who yeah. wants to live forever? <laughs> Nobody, because you have to fucking put up with this shit for years, right? Yeah, and it's you know watching them fading away like an AIDS patient, and then when some fucking wild shit like the pandemic happens, you're like, yeah, I told I fucking called that shit four or five years ago. I knew something, some bullshit, like this was gonna happen, 
And everybody's like, blah, 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 blah. I can't believe it happened. Like fucking Scooby-Doo, yeah. man. And you're like, no, like, of course this is going to happen. This was inevitable. Yeah, they write books about it. There's fucking movies. There's 10 movies about that shit. They were telling you they were going to do it for years. And then finally when they did it, they're like, I can't believe it. It's like, you can't believe it. And Kubi got the junior played this guy. And fucking Kate Winslet played this guy. And fucking, you know, <laughs> of course, you, you fucking knew this shit was going to happen, man. It's yeah. absolutely writing on the wall. So I know this stuff was happening for 20 years. When it happened, I wasn't so surprised. So I was, uh, I was, it, it was like, you know, the world is my cancerous, you know, uncle or whatever. <clears throat> Dying a slow death. Yeah. But for most other people in the planet, it's their plane. fucking parents got hit by a car in a plane crash, you know, in a fire yeah. in a warehouse. They, they drove the car into a plane and the plane crashed into a warehouse <laughs> on fire and they died all in one go. And they're like, <laughs> and then they have to look back at all the fucking world's corruption. They're sifting yeah. and they've all the time in the world to do it. They're sitting at home fucking on lockdown, bro. So they yeah. have all the time in the world to be looking at stuff on the Internet. Yeah. And the Internet is just pumping them full of fucking crazy thoughts, mad, like dark truths about how the world works. And they're like, I'm not sure I can handle this. And everyone's in fucking crazy depressions. Yeah. Do you know? And I feel like for those of us in this community, right, who, who've who've been in this game for a while, it almost eased us into COVID. And, and COVID's probably the, the craziest thing I've ever seen since 9-11. But 9-11 was, it was a worldwide event, but it was an isolated event that I don't yeah. think that they had intended on the initial effect of the people because everyone kind of came together. We're waving American flags for like 10 days, and then we're like, all right, well, we're back to work. But yeah. generationally, if you if you look at it, there's there's a whole group of children that think that the reason they just take their shoes off at the airport is because you just take your shoes off at the airport. That's what we do. And And my fear is when my son gets older, he'll be like, Daddy, I, he, this is how he talks, I guess. Daddy, does everybody just wear masks now? And I'm like, no, I'd have to be like, no, son, that's not. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because those kids don't know why we take our shoes off. They think that's just common practice. There's going to be a whole generation of kids that be like, we just wear masks. That's what we do. Like, where's your, your mask Your hope he sounds like that. What? Yeah. When he's like 20, he's 22 and it's all like, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, you have to wear a mask on this establishment. Masks. Masks. <laughs> what do you know about masks? Yeah. You you choose to live in the darkness. I was born <laughs> in it. Like <laughs> yeah, I was born in it. I was born in it. Like that's the fucking <laughs> thing. Like this this your your poor your poor son is not ever gonna know a world without you know yeah. pa- like pandemic shit. Like it's like I see there's videos you see of the little kids and they're going over and there's like a I don't know, like a little silver, uh, like a spigot that's holding up like an electric pole, so, something like that. Or there's <clears> like a, there's like a, a, a yoke for a fire hydrant on the side of, the, you know, the way they have like, it's like a metal plate and it has like a little tube on it for the fire hydrant with the lads from the fire engine come and they plug it into it or whatever. Yeah. And there's a video, a compilation I've seen on TikTok a few times, like the kids going over and they go over and they press the thing and then they, and they, as if it's like a, like toddlers, you know. Press the thing as if it's like a dispensing fucking hand sanitizer, and they go up and they rub their hands as if there was hand sanitizer on. And I'm like, oh, monkey see, monkey do. Like this is fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's bonkers. There's little kids yeah. and they're just conditioned because they don't know the world before they come out, and this is the way it is now. Yeah, kids are finishing college next year. 
and they weren't even born when 9-11 happened and then they're talking about they've done four years of college and they're going yeah so America needs to be like this and this is the future of America it's like motherfucker you never saw the 90s shut the fuck <laughs> up you don't know anything you don't know anything but you're being told for the last four years that you're the future and you know everything you don't fucking know anything shut the fuck yeah. up and listen for a minute Watch what's going on around you. Watch for other people. Don't try to come out. That's like fucking, oh, that's like going into like, uh, it's like going into, coming into a band. Like we need a new, we need a new guitar player, man. It's okay. Some guy comes in, he just bought a guitar four days ago and then tries to change the fucking music style of the other four lads in the band. Everyone has to change their instruments. Everyone has to change. Okay. We're no longer a heavy metal band. We're like a, a 1940s, uh, jazz rock fusion band so we're just playing like jazz surf rock uh you know all old fucking standards like tag a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree <laughs> and you don't play drums anymore you play the fucking harmonica and we're using electric drums and this guy you're playing the double bass and i don't know who played the double bass you're playing it or it's racism like i can't understand how <laughs> i can't understand how they can come out and be so self-assured and want to change everything even before they've experienced what's there. They're just told this the way the world is and then go, well, I've been told this the way the world is and I've just came into the world, so I immediately want to change it. It's like, experience it for like two years first. Yeah. Like, experience uh, in, it for like two, maybe three years and then <clears throat> try and fucking do something and change your own world first. Don't try and fucking, we have to change the laws of the country and we're able to vote now. So you're like... It doesn't make no goddamn sense. So these people haven't even seen, they, they weren't alive for 9-11. They were like eight when the fucking global market crash happened. Now mm-hmm. they're coming out at like 22, finished in college, in the middle of a pandemic with no prospects. Of course they're going to want to fucking burn the place to the ground. Because like, load full of what, other, what other option is there? Yeah, 30, fucking 37, 38 trillion dollars of, of debt. Like what? what else is there for them? What yeah. else is there? What else? What else could there be? Hey, you know what? Try and live the American dream now. Start a business and try and work your way up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. They're like, there's no more boots. Never mind straps. Like, there's no communism. You know, universal <laughs> basic income and communism. Bring everybody down to zero, like Fight Club, and let us all start again. <coughs> Let's kill the old because <laughs> they own everything. If we just kill them off. And then, like, nationalize all land and give all the power to the government and then let the government decide that's the fairest thing because otherwise, I, at 22, will never get a chance at a normal life and I want one. And you're like, and then all the 35-year-olds are going, welcome to the party, Richter. There's nothing here for any of us. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and but what's interesting about it, too, is this generation that's coming up, they are probably the weakest generation that we've seen in decades. And they're trying to start basically a fight with people that have seen some shit, that have been through some shit, that have blood, sweat, and tears and worked for everything they have. And you want to pick a fight with these people to try to take what they have? I, I mean... Because they win, then. They change <clears throat> the rules, and then they win, and then they get to start... Like, it's it's basically, they're, they're lying. They're going, altruistically, we want to make the world a better place. Like, no, man. You want to fucking level the playing field from all the people that have worked ahead of you by nationalizing or whatever, to, like, democratizing all of their losses. Yeah. Uh, or democratizing all of their wins. Right, And right, right. Uh, making everything level so that you don't have to do like really hard work for the next 12 years like the generation just above you 
or you don't have to do loads of hard work for 30 years like the millionaire boomers two generations ahead of you you just want everybody to be back to zero now because the world is modern you have modern ideals you've just come out of college and you want the world to be relevant to your exact uh experience right now because you know like if you and a boomer go up for a tech job in fucking palo alto that you will get it yeah. But the thing is, the boomer owns the fucking company that you're looking to get the job in. So, do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're trying to level the playing field with this, like, equality of equity. Like, everyone needs to get the same thing. It's like, no, man, you don't deserve the same. You've been co- mollycoddled. You've been told, here, have the same. You deserve the same as everybody else. But they don't tell you it takes 15 years to get that. You don't just I, get it straight away. But like, tw- $25 minimum wage. No. No. There's clones working 25 years that don't have $25 an hour. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yeah. yourself. You don't yeah. deserve it. I'm sorry. You don't deserve it. Like, And and it started with, uh, I saw it very early on with this generation where like everyone gets a trophy. You, yeah. You lost yeah. by a thousand, but everyone gets a trophy. And I saw it at one of my nephew's baseball games, Little League games. This is even prior to COVID or any of this. And I saw it slowly kind of creeping in systematically throughout society. And, Gordo, if you ever played any kind of sports, when the team scores a lot more points than you do, they typically shut the game off and they call it mercy, right? Now, at least in the States, they have something. It's called run rule now. And I was at the game, and they finished the game because the team was getting their dicks pushed in. And they they shut the game down. They're like, oh, this is uh, this is it's run rule. And I go, I said, what what's run rule? And they said, oh, it's they're up by so much, we have to stop the game now. And I'm like, you mean mercy? They're, oh, we can't. We don't say that anymore. Cause that's, I'm like, no, no, no. That's exactly what's happening. You're showing this team that's literally getting their fucking dicks pushed in. Absolute mercy. We're shutting the game down because we can't take this anymore. And, and bless their, their little hearts. we got to shut it down right now before too many souls are lost on this diamond out here. Uh, does, that ha- and- does that happen in, in games for kids? Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it's like thirty-five <laughs> to two, they're like, "We should let's call it. Let's." I tell you what, four more innings loss, to go. We if, should stop it. If you're on the losing team and you lose thirty-five to two, that's a day that you'll never ever forget. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking fuel that powers the machine when you're facing adversity and you go, "Well, you know what? Nobody loses thirty-five to two twice. I'm going to try. I'm going to dig deep and try harder." <laughs> Like that's the fucking, and they don't get to, they don't get to take that fuel nugget to put in yeah. the engine to go yeah. like, I know what it's like to lose 35 to two. And you know what? Yeah. I'm okay with that. Sometimes you get smashed. Sometimes you fucking get lashed out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody died and everything's fine. And you just lost the game. Boohoo. Go and play the next one and don't lose 35 to two. Do you know? Yeah. Like they call 35 to two a loss and like 35 to 10 is a loss. But in my mind, if I'm on the team that lost with two points and then the next week I lost with 10 points, after a while you start to go, well, we've done better. That was a win. And improvement right. becomes the win rather than right. the win. Because you can't win it every time. fire. Yeah. Like, improvement. And people don't recognize incremental improvement. They only recognize winners. People who win first place only. That's the fucking thing instant gratification. Everyone, everyone gets a trophy. doesn't work, really. And it's not how it's built up. It's it's creating uh, learned helplessness where people will just get used to never winning anything <clears throat> by always winning everything. Like, 
you'll never win anything ever again and you'll like it because everybody is the same piece. <clears throat> yeah, you're all, you're all a piece of shit, really. <laughs> and we give you these trophies to remind you that you're a useless piece of shit that you couldn't even win on your own merit. And you loved that. You loved it. We made you love it. As We made you love being a piece of shit as a child that couldn't even win on your own merit. And you love that feeling so that when you get older and we remind you that you were a piece of shit loser who never won anything, that you'll love that too as an adult and you'll fucking do as you're told. That's the, that's the psychology behind it. That's the psychology behind it. It's like make you love being... Make you love being a loser. So you you bring home that trophy and you put it on your mantelpiece and you'd be like, I'm so proud of that. What is that though? It's a totem of your fucking ineptitude. And you love yeah. it. You love being inept. And that shit goes deep, bro. That fucking digs in deep and it stays there. And then when someone reminds you of it later on in life, it's like, man, you're a piece of shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me again. I can't come until you tell me how much of a piece of shit I am. <laughs> <laughs> these fucking you know? betas walking around everywhere and yeah I, it gets and I fucked think up man thoroughly why I, I genuinely enjoy a lot of what Jordan Peterson talks about um, yeah. not even from just the male perspective but as a societal stance you know start by He's cleaning your room man, yeah. start yeah, by cleaning yeah. your room you can't have a revolution before you clean your with a dirty room and I'm like it's kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. fucking bare bones but he's right there you know yeah, uh, you want to take over the world? Well, you're you're bloody well going to have to start at home. Can't, yeah. can't, uh, <laughs> you know? It is though. He is fucking dead right with a lot of stuff. Obviously, like he has his flaws, and people there's debunking videos and videos taken apart on these college lectures. But he has like what eight hundred hours of shit online of him talking to co at at college level to like psychology students. Super valuable uh, trove of information he has. You know. Yeah. And since he's become based, uh, <clears throat> I mean, he's only become more valuable as a societal asset, like the stuff he's coming out with, and and now only recently turning on uh, the 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 vaccine mob and just being like saying to Trudeau, "Oh well, I got your vaccine, I got both of them, and now you'll bloody well leave me the fuck alone. I can go where I want." <laughs> And they were stopping him flying to the UK or they were stopping him flying somewhere because he needed like some test and some other thing. And and he was just like, look, I've done what you're told. I've done what you asked me to do because I cooperated because I'm a, 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 you know, a normal member of society. And then uh, they just pushed him too far and he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Then he went down Joe Rogan. He's like, what happens if uh, I push you a little bit and I push you a little bit and then you're like, I don't want to be bloody pushed anymore. So I wait until you've calmed down. And then I go and push you again. And the next mm -hmm. thing, you're three miles behind where you've started, and I'm after taking over that three miles, and it was done by incremental pushes. Like, uh, it's so simple. Yeah. But it's dead right, and there's nobody else really saying it, like, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, he is too, good. is he, very good. But even, you're seeing it in society, like, and I had reached my breaking point with this, too, and I think everybody has, and it's in a different increments, different levels for everybody, right? And, 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 and mine was after my son was born, um, cause Kansas came out of lockdown very early on, uh, shortly after yeah. like Texas and Florida did it. And, uh, you know, there's a healthy amount of 50, 50 people out here that wear masks and don't wear masks because there's no mask mandate out here. But what you're starting to see now again is a lot of places are going back to virtual learning for schools and certain districts, 
Um, some companies are requiring. I mean, I just left my last company because before the Fed, the federal court said that we're going to shut this mandate down for having a hundred more employees. You got to vax, right? My company wasn't even challenging it. They're like, get ready, get roll those sleeves up. And I said, no, fuck you, dude. Listen, I, I there's there's a line in the sand for me, and and you're about to try to cross it. So because of my skill set, right, I can fucking have a job tomorrow. So there's a plethora of jobs out there and I have a particular set of skills kind of like fucking taken, no big deal. Um, but a lot of people are afraid to do that. A lot of people are afraid to change their environment, but it all, all it takes, man. And I've seen this numerous times and it wasn't just myself. It was some other people around me. Uh, and you'll see stuff on, on the internet about it. Like it just takes one person to be like, no, fuck you. I'm not doing this. Like I shouldn't have to do this to fall in line to be part of this organization or to go into this place to do this. If I don't want to do it, that should be, that should be my choice, right? If you want to do it, great. I'm not going to hold that against you. Do it. Go ahead. I don't care. It's your life. I mean, I don't have a problem with anybody, what anybody sticks in their asshole at the end of the night, right? Like we've come so far past that when, you know, being open to gay with like, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> in cartoons got for one. kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it it started with somebody, and I've seen a lot of disgusting things in 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 society that that really made me ashamed. <laughs> Did you sometimes say, disgusting things going into ourselves. Was just, oh, yeah, that to was watch it. Like, that was in the nineties. So yeah. many websites you could choose from. Um, the video of that guy sitting on that jar. Oh, that noise <laughs> haunts me. That pump when it breaks. And, pump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to oh, take it out in slices, dude. dude okay. like, uh, so, like Dan comments, we just did an episode about the Russian sleep experiment, and I was listening to oh, Dan Cummins' up, episode about it. And Dan Cummins is hilarious. I love that guy. He's not a big conspiracy guy, but I think he's pretty funny. And Very he was funny. going on this rant about there's a website, and I think it was called like Bad Bitches or something like that. And I mentioned it. And he was like, this is a real website, by the way. If you want to, like, shock your soul, go ahead and check it out. So I was like, I'm going. So I checked it out. And it's just, like, dudes getting kicked in the nutsack by, like, some naked chick over and over. And then she'd knee him, and then she'd punch him in the – and his fucking sack is like a melon. And I'm like, I'm not that weird. Not that weird. I'm not that weird. You know? Put your balls in the clamp and then turn the table over. And then the only thing that's holding you up – it's like like an upside-down – Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible in the first one where they lower him down by the wires and he's all like <gasps> and he catches his bead of sweat it's like that but upside the other, like the other way around where you're facing up towards the ceiling <laughs> and the thing that you're being suspended by is your scrotum and your balls are on the other side of a hole in a table and then there's a woman on the other side of that stepping on your balls with a stiletto oh, like that's the my God. that's they're, yeah they're the motherfuckers who got trophies do you know <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. kind of chucked this one up as a win. Yeah, but yeah, you were saying that uh, you saw some awful things, and uh... Uh, yeah, it is is the 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 huge push, whether it have been by social media or or the news media, whatever it was, about splitting society into two groups. Vaxxed or unvaxxed, vaxxed, you know, mask or no mask. Yeah. Like, oh, you're fucking, you're yeah. fucking killing people. I'm like. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, and, and now you have people out here talking about 
You know what we should do to anybody who's unvaxxed? We should just fucking put them in a camp and, and, and take their kids from them and forcibly vaccinate their kids and watch them cry and scream. I'm like, okay, Heinrich Himmler, what the fuck are we talking about right now? Yeah, it's, it's getting weird. It is getting it's weird. It's super weird. When you're talking about, like, and, and the people who are advocating for that, they're the folks that use the phrase, the right side of history. Like, they want to be on the right side of history. And you're like, let's think about what the right side of history means. Is the right side of history, like, I don't know how, how like, okay, those conspiracy guys as a show and me as a creator and as a, as a, as a person who uh, deigns to understand conspiracy theories, right? Mm-hmm. Now, conspiracy theories and conspiracy, the difference is like finding an element of fact within the theory. And if you're able to find one like provable fact that no longer becomes a theory, it becomes then a conspiracy. The theory part is got like, there's a, uh, you know, a theory of evolution. We don't actually have the, tangible facts but we have evidence either side but we don't have any you know in the middle that there's a missing right. piece and so if this thing becomes like okay well you know um the reason it's a theory is because there's a lot of facts either side of it but the thing in the middle that you need to prove it 100 percent is not there so people are able to classify it as a theory to get away with doing some bullshit right so like if you take um those people that are talking about the right side of history Let's uh, let's look at where they ally themselves politically on the spectrum. It's usually mm-hmm. to the left. I'm feeling yeah. at the moment. <clears throat> so left wing is would be considered to be far left wing would be considered to be totalitarian communist. Yeah. So if they're looking at their <clears throat> their political um, historical legacy, you're talking about Mao Zedong in China, Joseph Stalin. Um, Franco in Spain, Paul Pot, Cambodia. Um, you're talking about Argentina, Chile, like a lot of South American countries, Central Central American, like the Sandinistas, communist regimes, that or North Korea, uh, Venezuela. Um, that you're talking about people who totally subjugate the population, starvation, famine. Uh, corruption, political corruption, massive divides in wealth between the oligarchical ruling class and the the Bolshevik, uh, yeah, you know, under under mention uh, of the people who all are fucking eating out of bins and shit like that. Like traditionally, they f- that's what extreme leftism leads to is you know communism with all its flavors. So when you want to be on the right side of history. And you're banging on about anti-fascism while behaving like a fascist and promoting total communism, which inevitably ends up in a totalitarian state with big government rule. Is that the right side of history? Let's let's look at those histories. Russia, China, Venezuela, Central America, uh, Southeast Asia. Like There's fucking wars fought over this shit. Hundreds of millions have died from war, starvation, famine, disease, assassination, corruption, ethnic cleansing, you know, <laughs> from all of these regimes. And it's totally accepted because it's part of the part of the regime. And the people who are inculcated into that, that regime understand that it's the society's betterment 
is the individual's betterment as well as the individual is the individual being better is society's betterment. It's a fucking, it's this crazy, again, learned helplessness paradox where people will give up their security for freedom and the freedom or give up their freedom for security and security that they're given is like financial security. You get a job, whether you like it or not, <laughs> you'll get, you know, you'll have to queue up for toilet paper and shit like that, but you get toilet paper, but you have to queue up for it. It's this, um, this weird, uh, totalitarian, non-individualistic uh, society, homogenous society. Mm-hmm. That's not the right side of history, and that's what they're fighting for. Take the other side, then. Take the other side. Is that that's not the right side of history? Right wing, right wing is traditionally racist. It's traditionally, you know, uh, um, homophobic, and it's traditionally uh, nationalistic. It's traditionally uh, conservative. You're you're very much and and I mean now when you think right wing you think white supremacy you think yeah you know Nazis that's what's being thrown around now no like obviously they're not yeah. on yeah of course through the colleges but like the the right side of history seems to be saying now like the left is the right side of history because they're trying to do something they're trying to change something and the right is the wrong side of history being right wing. In nineteen in the nineteen sixties, like the Democrats and Republicans were almost inverted, and the Democrats were all very much a, a not like a socially progressive party mm-hmm. until the twenties. They 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 were almost like modern day Republicans are now. They were like anti anti gay, anti uh, alcohol. They were anti drugs. They were putting out like active propaganda messages against like Mexican immigrants or South American immigrants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Putting out like active racist fucking um, advertising campaigns against the the American Negro. Uh, that was all Democratic yeah, the, Party. The rule, Klan like. was started by the Democrats. Democratic Democratic Klansmen. They were putting out um, laws about like uh, ethnic cleansing through things like Planned Parenthood, where they sterilize black women against their will to control the population. Like that's all democratic. Is that the right side of history? Are you voting for Joe Biden and thinking that that's the right side of history? It's not, man. It's just fucking pig with lipstick. You know? Yeah. I'm not saying the Republicans are the right side of history either, but sure. they don't fucking know what they're talking about, man, because they weren't born. They didn't see those fucking towers fall. <laughs> they didn't get traumatized like the rest of us, so they haven't got a fucking right to try and change the world when they haven't lived in the world yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, why the fuck are you like, the right side of history, man? Look what right-wing people have done. You guys are all Nazis. And I think, I think, I think you forget, I think you forget when you label something it's easy to look at that veneer of the label. And these are people who are absolutely abhorrent to labels, by the way. They don't want yeah. labels. They yeah. don't want to have a thing that they have to be all the time. They want to be fluid and they want to be this. But yet they're fully willing to freely label other people. And the label is just a veneer that doesn't actually hold water. Yeah. And the actions that they are taking through a process called enantiodromia a psychological process of blaming others for the things that you yourself are guilty for. Mm -hmm. They are saying that you guys are Nazis and yet they're calling for people to be put into camps. Mm -hmm. They're saying you guys are Nazis and yet they're looking for a caste society where the vaccinated are the upper caste and the unvaccinated are the undermension. Yeah. They're putting out propaganda like Hitler used to do uh, of like the people at the front lines of the protest and going, look at these pig faced fucking you know, monkey cunts. And that's what Hitler used to do. He used to take a picture of loads of fucking, you know, 
like retarded German people and be like, these are undermentioned. Like these aren't good. These people aren't good genetic. They're not good yeah. genetic makeup. Yeah. We need, we need these to be exterminated. And that's what the fucking, the liberal, forgiving, tolerant left are doing. Putting out pictures and videos of these people at these protests going, look at these fucking pig people. Wouldn't you love for all these cons to die? Wishing death, wishing destruction on all of these motherfuckers. And if you're talking about the right side of history, the people who, the people who stand up, imagine the first person in 20, 40, 50, 60 years time, the first person to stand up against mandatory vaccinations. Stand up and say, I don't want the vaccination. I'm standing up and being a conscientious objector and I don't care if it gets me arrested and I don't care if it puts me at the wrong side of acceptable society. I'm going to push back against the accepted norm of the of the political um, atmosphere here at the moment. I'm going to upset the barometer of uh, political uh, uh, political status quo here. And I'm going to push back against this accepted norm and I'm going to say no. Even though it's legal, it's not morally correct. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, no, I will not go down to the back of that bus. I'm mm-hmm. going to stay in my seat. I'm not fucking moving. And then they put a statue up about you. They fucking put a, you know, they put their right movies about you. They, they include you in the, the long list of people who stood up against the accepted norm in a, in a, in a, a civil rights fucking movement against injustice. In 40 years' time, will we be standing and saying, like, do you know, this person stood up against tyranny by refusing the mandated vaccine? Yeah. Like Rosa Parks, some shit like that? Like, is that what, is that the way it's going to be? Because at the time, that shit that Rosa Parks was doing, for the majority of the people in the country, was abhorrent. And she didn't even fucking do it. It was a, a 14-year-old girl that did it first, but she wasn't part of the movement with MLK, and they needed somebody who was going to be able to do speeches, and this 14-year-old girl wasn't a good enough spokesperson. So they buried her story and they put Rosa Parks on the bus and she's a fake hero, Rosa Parks. Bullshit, right? That's a conspiracy for another day. But like, she's f- fucking Fuck. lauded as like one of the greatest like civil rights figures of all time because she refused to give up her seat on the bus. Children are taught about that in school every day. You ask a child above six years of age, tell us the story of Rosa Parks. She wouldn't get up off her seat on the bus and she defeated racism. It's like, yeah, she defeated the accepted societal decision of a caste society where black people were subjugated. They were, they were thought of as lesser than just because of their status. And everybody in the whole society coalesced to it, except for this one woman who said, no, I won't. And she inspired a bunch of other people who said, no, I won't. And within four years, they had a leader who was saying, I had a dream. I would not roll up my sleeve. I would not take that injection. And he ended up fucking, you know, changing changing the, the, the course of America, creating a whole bunch of laws that were almost signed in by JFK with the Conca shot, signed in by Lyndon Johnson, changed the fucking laws of the country. And all of those people are now immortalized heroes because they push back against the accepted norm of the majority of the people in the country because of propaganda and because of fucking societal and historical norms and because of uh, in, incentivized... Uh, incentivized um, behavior. Like, Man. if you if you employ a black person, uh, we're going to take away your business, we're going to fine you. If you harbor a, a black person who's being, you know, uh, uh, r- running away from their owner, we're going to fucking arrest you. Like, all yeah. of these, all of these, like, uh, 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 <clears throat> legal 
ramifications for co- for cooperating with this undesirable social element. Like we are the unvaccinated now are the un- undesirable social element, and we're saying no, we're not doing it, and we're going to push back against it. And I'm not saying we're fucking Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks, but if you're not with the right side of history, you have to fucking know about history. And these cunts don't know nothing about history, obviously, because yeah. they're talking about fucking. Let's you know, uh, uh, you guys are Nazis now. Get in that camp. <laughs> get into the fucking camp. And we, I remember us talking about FEMA camps years ago, man. Talking about FEMA camps and going, nah, I didn't. Re- FEMA camps and they have all of these fucking. Remember all the ca- uh, cardboard or plastic coffins they had were all stacked up like fucking ice cream cones. They're like, oh, watch, what could we do now? I don't know. Are they going to release the disease? Ugh. Are they going to fucking start executing people? Yeah, FEMA camps were one of the, uh, like at the top of the pyramid of crazy conspiracies that were never going to happen. And now look, they could be fucking enacted, put in, filled up with people who won't take the vaccination until yeah. they uh, capitulate. They're active in Australia. FEMA yeah. camps or whatever, not FEMA, but... My God! Do you know look I'm, not saying we're, I'm not saying we're... <clears throat> I'm not saying we're Rose Parks, like, but I'm saying that, like... No, but that's fine. That's fine. Because... It's the accepted... It, like, what society accepted as normal, historically was almost always incorrect and eventually through some pushback of like people who were intelligent and morally like their moral fortitude was very strong uh, and they had the fucking staying power to be able to the tenacity to be able to like weather the storm of negative public opinion and they ended up fucking like putting turning society back into something that was arguably more palatable yeah but everybody accepted the way it was in the 50s with black people in America. Everybody just accepted it. Like, no mm-hmm. one did nothing about it. They might have thought, oh, this is a bit shit, but I just go along with it because, like, I don't want my business shut down or I don't want to be, you know, ruled out. I don't want my car burnt out by the cops or I don't want, you know, if somebody's robbing my house and I call the cops and they're all like, oh, you, you N-word lover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we ain't coming to your house. Like, you know, the racism extended to people outside of the race. It was, if you, if you, uh, if you sympathize with them, you were yeah. fucking just as bad as they were. Yeah. And that's the way it's going now. And yeah. motherfuckers are like right side of history. Go fuck yourself. You don't know a lot about history, you stupid cunt. Yeah. Anyway, it was anyway, amazing. Sorry for the rant. But that no, 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 because no, it was fantastic and it's, it's so accurate because I saw it firsthand. Now, this was when, before the election, right, when Donald Trump smoked Joe Biden and this fucking... Uh, yeah, smoked him. Half dead fucking corpse of a clone. Remember, yeah. I got on, 81 man. million votes. Did you know the Pope's the most famous baseball player in the world? Uh, so I had a co worker of mine in the, in the Negro Leagues, he said. In the Negro Leagues. And even the, even, the, even the Pope, who's a satanic pedophile, was like, What yeah. the fuck are you talking mm-hmm. about, dude? <laughs> Pull this collar, like what the fuck? Can I get your clone back? Please? Talking about, yeah, um, the fuck, man. I had a coworker, man. Stuck. I had a, I had a coworker, big black guy, huge Trump supporter. Uh, because he, he grew up with being involved with the left, and then he kind of got older, and he was like, "Nah, this doesn't seem too right." And I kind of like because I, I go <laughs> to work every day, and I do this, and um. These motherfuckers don't care about me. Election, yeah, election day. Yeah. This dude takes a picture of a was I had a I had a Trump hat that day. He was wearing a Trump hat. He took a picture, posted it. Um, this dude got calls in about twenty minutes from his family yeah. members. 
you coon, you house Negro. And I was like, so I saw it firsthand. And part of me thought at the time, this was just something I was seeing on the internet. Is it really real? Like, where is like, is this in the backwoods of Alabama? There's one black guy that liked Trump, you know? And then I saw it and I was like, holy shit, man. And, and this is the same people who were, like you said, on the right, I want to be on the right side of history. Meanwhile, placing labels on somebody that doesn't think that the way that they do, or, or, or is telling somebody who's black in this instance, if you don't vote the way we want you to, you're not even black. You're not even black anymore, which is a heinous thing to demoralize somebody based on their ethnic background, basically because they politically align with somebody. Now, Trump's like a whole nother rabbit pre- The current president of the United States said that to Charlemagne the God. Yeah. On yeah. a fucking interview. The current president said to Charlemagne... If you don't vote for me, you are, are you ain't even black. I think yeah. that's the quote. He said yeah, it to Charlemagne. <laughs> and he's the president now. That's fucking bonkers, man. And I don't think, and like as much affinity as I have with black culture, I have a lot. I have a lot. You know, uh, 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 Phil and Vivian raised me practically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so like, <laughs> um, did you watch the reunion? For I did. It was good. It was it was it was really fucking good. It was it great. Was heartwarming. To see, it was heartwarming. Um, it's great to see Will Smith like uh, be humble. And, yeah. Um, he he really needed to be, and he was took down a peg or two. And uh, I think Will Smith is going through a great transformation, and he could end up being like. One of America's like great enduring talents. Yeah, I've always said he is very, very talented. I've enjoyed everything he's ever done. Um, but I digress. What I'm saying yeah. is, when Joe Biden says stuff like that, he doesn't know anything about black culture. He doesn't know anything about like what it means to be black. He doesn't know anything about shit like. You know, colorism within the black community or, uh, you know, what, uh, what the lads call keeping it real, <laughs> you know, keeping it real is it, you know, keep it real. Like that's a fucking, it was taken by like, you know, white corporate America. That's a very real concept of like, do I, you know, tip the cap and do I do, do I do my duty or do I keep it real? Am I real? Like am I from these streets? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I've often kept it real. It's never been good when I keep it, kept it real. And I'm not from these streets. I'm from at the backwoods, like, um, and I still try to keep it real and it never went well. So all of these things, like these concessions that people have to make when you're talking about blackness and being black, and especially in like, like a corporate America or especially in like an employment situation. Like for Joe Biden to say something like, you ain't, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, what's that saying to all the rest of the black folks in America who's, like, trying to vote Democrat? He thinks he owns, like, because it's Democrat, he owns the black vote anyway. Like, he deserves it anyway. He's going to get it no matter what. And then, like, questioning their blackness by saying, like, what essentially what he said was, like, if you vote for Trump, you're voting against your own interests. But the subtext in that quote, man, was so deep because, like, basically what he's saying is, like, if you want to try and own your own thing by voting for like a conservative Republican, 
you're you're getting uppity. Yeah. You're getting your station because like the Democrats own you and the Democrats are all for that UBI. They're all for black people being on welfare because that's a great way to keep people in control when they don't have anything or they don't own anything, they don't own any land or, or buildings or businesses. Then they're dependent on the state and big government tends to push people into a state of dependency because it becomes codependency and one can't exist without the other. Uh, the government pays everybody out to live a lifestyle that they then get addicted to. And in order to maintain that lifestyle that they're already addicted to or can't get out of it for one reason or another, maybe not addicted is the bad word, but they mm-hmm. end up voting mm-hmm. that government back in again and again and again and perpetuating that fucking, that cycle of, of dependence. Is that what Joe Biden thinks being black is? If you take some of his other speeches, mm-hmm. where he was like, where he's like, uh, what was it he said? Uh, yeah, we have, we have uh, something. We have a lot of white people here, and they're doing well. And we have a lot of poor people too. And you're like, oh, yeah. He meant to say like he's talking about intelligence of children, and he was, was it, yeah? like, what did he say uh, something like that? He's like, the year kid can be just as smart as a white kid, and a black kid, and an Asian kid, and a Mexican kid. He was talking about like yeah, that was a, that was a different one, but he said something like white kids and then poor kids because he oh, meant yeah. black kids. But but he didn't say black, he said poor. And you're like, wait a minute, Joe. Like, like the way he sees it <clears throat> is they're like democratic voting assets who need to be kept in, a, again, an undermentioned status so that they're forever dependent on a democratic uh, government to g- give them handouts. Like, don't let them stand up on their feet because if they do that, then they may not need us. And yeah. Like, look at the fucking vitriol that was pointed against, like, black Trump supporters. Like, I watched yeah. a lot of, like, Elijah Schaefer and a lot of fucking Fleckus, uh, Austin Fletcher, doing these street um, interviews and stuff like that. Fantastic YouTube videos when we were allowed outside. And they were going up to, like, <clears throat> people at Trump rallies who were, like, six foot six black fucking, you know, remember the Titans looking motherfuckers like <laughs> Fridge or whatever, just being like, what? <laughs> so it's like, uh, wh- why are you... Uh, why are you wearing a Trump hat? Why are you voting for Trump? It's like, well, because, you know, like these Democrats don't give a fuck about me. And I'm just realizing that in this voting cycle, like they don't give a fuck about me. We voted in Obama and he said he's going to change, hope and change. The motherfucker changed nothing. And he was the one who could change something. Stroke of a pen. He could have fixed so much stuff. Didn't do anything. Fuck them motherfuckers. Trump's saying, let's do it this way. So I'm with him. Like it was just... Like yeah. bonkers, bonkers, like the shit Joe Biden's coming out with. But again, though, uh, since we had a baby in January 2021, we had, to, we had, you know, that the baby was born on inauguration day. And I think ever since that, I haven't really been um, paying attention whatsoever to the nitty gritty of American politics like I was with Trump. And you can hear it reflected in the podcast. I don't talk about it on a day to day basis. Yeah. I'd see bits of like Jen Psaki or whatever going like, let's circle back or fucking, you know, I couldn't even tell you like the shenanigans going on with Pelosi and Adam Schiff and looking at fucking Rand Paul giving Fauci a dressing down like C-SPAN shit. Like, and I'd look at bits of it, but I, from 2016 to 2018 or 19, 2019, I was glued to that shit all the time. Joe Biden is just like, oh my God, fucking who like grand, grandpa out of the shed? Like, yeah, it just feels like, America just has nobody behind the wheel. Nothing is happening. Nothing's getting done. The states are starting to do their own states' rights things. And yep. Like DeSantis in Florida has just gone, no, 
no. And uh, Newsom in, in California is going, yeah, everybody, everybody, kids up from five up, everyone. Yeah, fucking Nancy Pelosi. And in New York, nephew. they're all like, yeah, and in New York, they're mandating it. That you can't actually, you might as well not live in New York if you're not like triple, triple shot because you can't take part in society at all. They're, they're, they're mandating it. For, for what reason? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is this why there was two Snake Plissken movies, like one from New York and one from LA? Like, this is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, it's bonkers. But the Democratic states are, are fully in on it. And then the Republican states are like, no, you're all right. We're actually going to not do that. And we're going to maintain the lowest coronavirus figures of yeah. all. But it just don't make no goddamn sense. And again, right side of history is that phrase that keeps on coming up. Like, the states that rebelled in the revolutionary or in the civil war, there's a bunch of states that were like vilified for their behavior because they wanted to perpetuate slavery. South Carolina, Alabama, two of the, like one, two of the main offenders. Um, but like, did they keep that reputation then on into the future? Did they keep that for decades and decades? Like they were racist. Yes. Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Louisiana, not so much Texas because of the the Mexicano connection, but like definitely South Carolina, Georgia. Like Georgia was fucking wild racist until the fucking late sixties. Even after the civil rights movement, they were like, "No, we don't want any black artists coming playing here." Like, yeah. <clears throat> but they're vilified by the rest of America because, especially by the Democratic like upper upper crust states like uh, Massachusetts, New York, Vermont. Pennsylvania, they kind of see them as like, oh, these are a creepy racist cousins who live in the basement down south. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, like, who's on the right side of history though, you know? Like New York now, the upper echelon, probably the most densely populated, maybe California is more densely populated, but New York, the most densely populated state, uh, va- mandated vaccines. And are they on the right side of history now? In 10 years' time, like when New York is empty and all the businesses are gone and dead, LA is fucking crime ridden. The sheriff, the LA County Sheriff Chief, is saying, Don't come here. It's like the purge. Like, will will California, will they have to fucking stick up a wire fence around the place and say, like, nobody in or nobody out? Yeah. And Snake Bliskin has to fucking, <laughs> has to go and save save the president's <laughs> daughter or some shit like that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is happening there that they're all on the right side of history with vaccines, but on the absolute wrong side of history with the purge that's happening? You yeah. Can't, when you're on the right side of history, it's all the way all the way to the right. Or, or the rest of it is wrong. Like, what part of history do you want to be right about? It just makes no fucking sense what's happening. You know? And, and I think back to your original question that you had posed about conspiracies, right? Does it does it make it harder? I I almost feel like it makes it easier because I've read head, the, like I've read the prologue, I've read the intro. I'm on chapter yeah, you know eighteen, yeah, yeah. and motherfuckers are just yeah, looking at the cover right now. You know what I mean? So we've seen this stuff cultivating over decades and generations yeah. and for a long time we just got labeled as the crazy people because nothing like that would ever happen and uh you know we've taken a lot of victories i think in the last 18 24 36 months leading up to this point and i had a lot of people reach out to us not just me right everybody involved with the show i'm sure you've had this as well like they're like hey what the fuck is going on here and i'm like oh how much time do you people have waking is- up you're about to burn yeah. some calories on my dick. 
is I'm going to let you ride it for a while and I'll just give you everything you know. You know? Uh, uh, squat down and I'll upload the last 70 episodes into you. But <laughs> you're saying like you're, you're on chapter 18 or whatever, like, and they're stuck on the cover. I, I, I think no. I think we've taken, I don't know how long you're into conspiracy, they've taken 20 years to read 20 chapters, a chapter a year. But, was, but that's with all the spare time I had with working and living life and doing all the stuff. But for the last two years, the whole world has been on pause. And these motherfuckers have binge-watched the entire, like, t- last ten seasons of fucking conspiracy theories. And it's all gone in. Loads of stuff is coming from all directions. And they've just got, like, a super fast crash course and a lot of stuff that's dragged up a load of emotions. A lot of people who haven't dealt with their shit from when they were kids and trauma and fucking you know, uh, um, unresolved issues about, like, success or income or, you know, parental uh, uh, relationships and all the stuff that fucks people up. The same shit fucks everybody up. You're all, you've, everyone's been faced with that. People have had to move home out of the cities because their jobs, they couldn't work in their jobs no more, so they couldn't afford to live in the cities they were living in, so they moved home to fucking bumblefuck Arizona and they end up living in their in their parents' spare room. And that, that means they're fucking rejuvenated. They ended up going back into their, like, late teens, even when they're in their late 20s, They've gone back into the character that they played in their late teens because they're living at home with their parents semi-permanently. They have all the spare time in the world, possibly working from home on Zoom or some shit like that. But the rest of the time, they're just watching fucking documentaries on Netflix and YouTube, listening to podcasts and fucking getting stuck in rabbit holes on the internet going, what's going on? I heard this thing on the internet. I looked it up. What's this Operation Mockingbird? I yeah. I don't know what that means. And you're fucking, you know, oh, that's you so listen to two podcasts and you're like, awesome. oh, is the, wor- is the world fucked? Like nobody ever had the bandwidth mentally to look into this stuff before. But now it's all become mainstream. It's all coming out in the news and people are like, no, that can't be right. Like it's very hard. It was a super easy, man, to like fucking bail out of conspiracy theories five years ago. And just yeah. be like, yeah, I don't want to watch that and I don't see that. And Las Vegas shooting where? Boston bombings, what? Do you know? Fucking you know, James Holmes, who? Like, uh, <laughs> Virginia Tech shooter, what? Do yeah. You know? Like, nobody gave a fuck about all that stuff. Sam Wasn't Bernardino. Wasn't my school, who cares? Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Didn't watch the video, didn't see it. Fucking, mo- like, a, a New Zealand mosque shooting that looks like a f- an FPS, sh- like, Call yeah. of Duty game or something. Like, a, yeah, unreleased. I see it. I don't see it. It's all good. It's all good to me. So, like, if you wanted to get away from it, you could <clears throat> and not engage with it. But now it's, like, right up against your face yeah. all the time. Numbers, daily de- numbers of death. They had, like, how how morbid and how overtly fucking sadistic is it for for like 18 months to have like a rolling death clock like it's like you're you're getting ready for sweeps are you getting ready for like spring madness uh just the countdown to the, the amount of time it is before the sale starts at christmas or some shit but no it's an actual like a ticking a rolling tally of dead body of people dying from COVID that's just perpetually on a fucking lower third on the news for 18 months. So every time you turn on the news, you're like, oh yeah, 800,000 people are dead from this yeah. thing. I forgot about that until now. Like people aren't, aren't, aren't used to that type. It's like going straight in to, you meet a girl for the first time and you're just straight into fisting, straight <laughs> to fisting, no kissing, 
no like you're not using any kind of I like know, right? you know widening dildos or butt plugs there's no lube it's just straight in like spit fisting so these people are all getting spit fisted conspiracy theories for the last two years when we've been like general like gently fucking just widening uh, increasingly uh yeah. Like making the dildos larger and larger and larger and larger, getting more intricate and fancy and getting the ones to stick right. to the window so we can have a bit of coin. Like we've been widening <laughs> our assholes for years. These people are just coming straight in March 2020, <laughs> spit fisted. And it gets the same result. We all have widened assholes, but some people's are a lot sorer and a lot more painful when they're lying in bed at night going, Oh, I got spit fisted today. And yeah. I was like, hmm, I got spit fisted today you know like i'm used to it i'm used to getting spit fisted but these people are not and their bums are sore right right yeah bums of the bums of their minds the the shiny red bums i you know yeah yeah the the thing is too man it's kind of weird with our show because we've we've kind of uh gained this a massive following and 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 it's been it's been it's been a wild ride it's been a blessing and and sometimes people hit us up and they're like we we've heard uh, numerous things right like uh, what should we do next? What's the plan? I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's dude. A fucking hard question to answer. That's a, it's a super hard question. I'm like, because in our heads, yeah, we're guys that do a show, um, but you're just talking to an electrician, a mechanic, and a cop. Like in our heads, that's what we are. We just, and it's not like we've we've tapped into this secret Pandora's box of knowledge that was unavailable to other people. So come on down to our ranch and wear these robes with us. It just. Put you on know. these black Nikes and <laughs> you know what have I mean? this applesauce. And we're all fucking your wives, but you can, but we <laughs> yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it's, it, it, it's a tough question. It's hard because it's, I don't have the answer yeah. for you and your family. Like, I know, like, I don't know if this, this happened for you when you, when your, when your daughter was born, but like for the first time I saw my son, like this massive amount of human emotion, everything you could experience just hit me like a wave. And then at the same moment, I was like, oh, I could totally saw somebody's head off with a butter knife to protect this kid. That's not a problem at all anymore. Because prior to that, I was like, man, could I, could I make it in prison? I don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't hate black people, but I'd have to join the white gang. And now I got to get Swazis all over shit. Now I'm like, sign whatever, dude, if that's how it plays out, you know what I mean? Not a big deal because, uh, you know, so, so my situation is unique to me and I don't have the answers and, and we don't have the answers, but th- we're trying to portray as much information that's already available. We've just been able to sift through it for years now, you know? Yeah. I've never understood the phrase. You got to do what you got to do more than when I've had a baby. Yeah. Like you got to do what you got to do. What do you got to yeah. do? Whatever you got to do, man. But what is that? Whatever it is, that's what you got to do. Really? It's, like whatever? It's primal, whatever. dude. Whatever it is, that's what you got to do. I think, um, pursuant to your question, you guys are doing very similar to what a lot of the conspiracy shows are doing, including my own, including Sam, including Isaac Weishaupt, including um, Tim Dillon, even, in, in his own inimitable way, um, <laughs> including Tim, Tim Poole, uh, Jimmy Dore, um, who else? Who else? Uh, um, we are changed. Luke Radowski. Yeah. Um, he's been in the game for a long time. A lot of these, 
Yeah, a long time, man. A lot of these dudes are fucking taking information and using their encyclopedic knowledge of the historical context behind a lot of the a lot of the events and the history behind a lot of the stuff that they know to be true or know to have happened because they were watching live when it happened on the news. It's not like you know you're you're a twenty year old today and you're looking up like old YouTube videos of the planes hitting the towers. Like we were we were watching the TV on the day that it happened and we sat in front of the TV and watched the whole world as we know it end. Mm-hmm. Like live. Like it's not like watching stuff back. Like Luke, Tim Poole, like those guys are doing daily news shows about the fucking what oh, don't walk, run. That guy as well. And yeah. Andrew. Don't walk run. Really good. Really fucking good. Really good. Really good stuff, man. Jimmy Dore as well, like amazing creator, and he has become so based in the last like three years since leaving the the Young Turks. Like he's totally um, like I, I have so much respect for Jimmy Dore, you know. Yeah. Um, and then of course like the fucking the granddaddy, the, the silverback, like Joe Rogan himself, like who has come way further back to the middle from the mad Eddie Bravo, fucking weed fueled mad conspiracy days, but like he's getting on serious motherfuckers who are talking about real shit. It's yeah. not just like him and Brian Callan and Brendan Schwab fucking jerking each other's dicks in a circle Very around. Like muscular, veiny. Making every analogy. Strong, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strong real dicks. thick, stocky cocks. <laughs> um, real thick dick necks, you know. <laughs> they have trapezoids on their fucking man's pubis. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so, like, like, those guys are fucking just jerking each other's dicks around, like, talking about some shit. And now Joe Rogan's like, okay, I have the 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 fucking three presidential candidates on my podcast. You're like, that's a different game, you know? So these guys are, they are making the news as well as synthesizing the information from the news. They're looking at the world in a way, and I try to do it myself, with a certain lens of context. And you guys are doing it too, where you're saying, right, all this stuff that I know, and then I look at this new information, or I look at something that has happened in a new way, or look at what's currently happening right now and using the knowledge that they have, like a doctor diagnosing uh, symptoms from a set of symptoms that have been registered as if you have these symptoms, then this is possibly the disease and then here is the treatment for that disease. We would look at a certain set of circumstances happening and we would diagnose it using our encyclopedic knowledge of the historical, you know, uh, um, the historical backlog of conspiracies is like, right, well, if this happens, this happens, and that lad's involved, and they do something like this, and they say this phrase, and they do this thing, then it's this. This is what has actually happened, more than likely. And most of these things prove to be then true. Luke Rudowski's a fucking expert at this. He looks at news footages. He looks at press con- presidential press conferences. He looks at, um, he examines, like, news footage and the things that people say. Now, obviously, he democratizes his, his workload. A lot of his fans send him in a bunch of videos and stuff like that. But the stuff that he does in the commentary that he makes, like Jimmy Dore's commentary, when he takes, like, a clip, he will fucking hammer the shit out of, like, 30 seconds of a Joe Biden speech for a half an hour on a YouTube channel. And by the end of it, you're like, this, this, this motherfucker should not be the president of the United States. He's a fucking retard. He's a geriatric... He's a geriatric fucking cum bucket. <laughs> he's just, there's nothing. This man has had loads dumped in him. He is fucking 
uh, he has Alzheimer's from the amount of jizz that's going around in the fucking brain fluid he has in his skull. <laughs> he's a fucking clone, right? Joe Biden is a racist. He's a fucking bigot. He's a fucking uh, philanderer. He's a fucking embezzler. Pedophile. In my opinion. Pedophile. Child sniffer. Like, fuck that cunt, right? And I could say all that stuff and it's like, oh yeah, Gordo's like, off with his vitriol. Jimmy Dore could do it in 22 minutes, he'd have you voting for somebody else. Yeah. From a 30 second speech. Because he, he knows so much and he's so many references that he, he takes what's happening in front of you. Like a media studies professor, you know, and goes like, well, you see that thing, you're watching, it's like watching a fucking Kubrick movie and all the stuff that's happening in the background, every little thing, every part of the art department, they put like a little thing on the shelf and that means something. It's like in Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like every little thing has a connection to something else. Everything's a fucking Easter egg. So like these kind of media analysts, they look at a speech and every word is an Easter egg. That means that it has deeper meaning that they're able to analyze. But like uh, on the, on the, on the face of it, anyone just watching is like, oh yeah, Jen Psaki said this. And Jimmy Dore goes, well, let me show you a video. Here she is saying it here, but this thing, here she is saying it here, but this thing, here she's saying this thing. Here's her contradicting herself here. Here's this and here's this and here's yeah. that. And he uses the fucking context of what he knows, his knowledge, to show you why the thing that's happening now, you may have forgotten about all of that other stuff. It's his job to not forget. Yeah. It's your job for yep. you guys to not forget to analyze it as it's happening, using your knowledge from stuff that's already happened. You're building on your own fucking knowledge all the time. So that when you say something, people should be able to go like, right, well, you're doing the thinking for me. And that's why people listen to podcasts. Yeah. Because they don't have the time to be going digging for this shit. And we do because it's our job. Well, it's my job. So I go and do that stuff. I take a topic and I go back into history and I try and fucking analyze it using that lens, trying to find a different piece of information to bring new insight to something that's happening right now or has happened quite recently. Yeah. And it changes the perspective of it. Yeah. It's just fucking cha perspective change. So you guys are, are uh, media synthesizers. You will take something that's happening right now and, 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 you know, uh, uh, what is it? Cold press or, or uh, distill. <laughs> yeah. Triple distill. Squash it up and let it, and let it ferment and then triple distill some really concentrated fucking, information nuggets from a huge set of information to be able to make a point of view that people can go, ah, oh, I understand that now. So when people reach out to you and they reach out to me and they say, man, you kept me company, you kept me saying, you, I'm paraphrasing now, but they're basically saying like, you taught all the thoughts that I was having, but you taught them all the way through to the end. And you came up with a conclusion that was ultimately safe for me to think. And right. I didn't have to go through the labor of going through the whole thought process, going researching all the information, finding all the stuff. I said, I had this thought and I, oh, and I looked up a podcast episode and I found it and you described all the stuff. You did the thinking for me. You came to a conclusion I'm happy to adopt as my own. Thanks so much. I really, I really enjoyed the journey. Yeah. And I think that's what podcasters and YouTubers, what podcasters particularly are doing for people is they're pre-chewing your food, putting out a piece of information, putting out a, an opinion, and letting you adopt that as your own, and pass it on, and talk about it, discuss it with other people. The news is doing that too, but in the opposite way. Right. Where they're, where they're creating a piece of information, 
not chewing it at all and then shoving it into your face and making you take that as the truth. And when you eat it, <coughs> you get such bad bullshit indigestion <coughs> that you're so cranky you're telling everybody else. Man, your thing is wrong. Why is why is my thing wrong? Because my thing is right and you don't feel this bad when something when something is not right. I ate that thing and I feel bad because of that now. I, I have really bad heartburn and I'm not getting this heartburn for nothing. So this thing that I ate, that's definitely the truth because I'm not doing it again. Right. And as we go, the further we go into this pandemic and the further people go down the booster road and the more boosters they get, the harder it's going to be to fucking pull them back from that shit. Yeah. The harder it's going to be to, 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 to gavisk on that heartburn because they're yeah. going to be like, right, we'll have two two injections in I lose my job if we don't get the booster but I think the booster might be ineffective but shit I'm going to lose my job if I don't I've already took two so like some cost fallacy or whatever it's the same as people who got too far into fucking you know Trumpism yeah and their whole families and all started pushing them aside and they got ostracized and weren't invited to Christmas and they were like well we'll show you we'll show you what happens when the fucking Democrats take over and they had all their friends had all got like that and that, you know, they've had kids in the meantime. The kids are four years old. They're like, yay, Trump. Like, how do you undo that? How do you right. put, put the shit back in the horse after that? Same with, like, radical leftists, where they're fucking indoctrinating their kids. All their friends are all sitting around to shave your head, side of your head and dye your hair purple or green or blue or some shit. You change your whole fucking image. You start hanging out in different places. Like, your whole social circle, your family, everything to do with your whole life is around this idea, ideologue. Yeah. demographic of radical leftism. Like, how do you one day say, you know what, I think I'm going to go to more towards the centre. Like, all your friends are going to hate you and immediately ostracise you because that's part of their culture. So ostracise the different. So yeah. how do you get out of that then? It's like trying to get someone out of Scientology or the fucking Mormons or something. Like, it's it's hard, Yeah, you know? Yeah, it is. But what, what you're doing, when people reach out to you and say thanks for doing that, what you're doing is unwashing their brain. You're giving that you're doing the thinking for them in a place where they're stuck. They're like, I have all this information and I don't know what to do with it because I have no context with which to analyze it. <clears throat> and then they listen to us talking. <clears throat> my, my throat is so dry. I don't have COVID. Don't worry. <laughs> but they listen to us. <laughs> they listen to us talking, and we have all the fucking historical information. The, the you know the book smarts and the fucking the different like, sociological, uh, uh, that we find the writers that have talked about this topic, we put it all together like a fucking audio essay and go, look, this is what's happening right now. It's happening this way and I believe this is the way it's happening because this and this and this. Yeah. And people are like, man, thanks, man. You chewed my brain food for me and now I can swallow it and get on with my life. It's a magical thing. Like, it I is. feel so grateful when people are like, dude, you got me through the darkest time in my life. I was listening to your show and laughing about dick jokes yeah. and fucking... You know, we, we've had, and, we've and had, laughing. we've fucking had, let me tell you this. We'll take a, a quick break. I just got to take a piss and get something to drink myself. And then we'll go for another, you know, 30, 40 minutes or so. But uh, we've, man. we've had somebody come to us and he's done like a, a short segment on our show before. He's a good buddy. We talk to him all the time and he found us through the show. He actually writes articles for us on our Rockfin page. Uh, so he kind of became awesome. involved on his own time. He's just very enthralled with this whole community. And, and he told us one night that he's like, if it weren't for you three, I very male, very way, Jesus Christ, very may well not be here right now. And to hear something like that, I'm like, 
oh my God, you know, like, again, I'm just an electrician and I talk into a microphone once a week about wild, crazy stuff. And I just give you my opinion on the research that I've done. To me, that's, that's what I'm doing. That's, I not you know, I'm not. But the difference is though, bro, that you can, you have the bandwidth and the, the back knowledge. And again, you're not getting spit fisted with this shit. <laughs> Because your ass t-shirt is nice idea. and supple. That's going you're on a, a t-shirt. Just because <laughs> spit fisted. <laughs> just because like your asshole is nice and supple and can stretch easily when given new fists. So you can just be like, what fist will I take today? And you're going to take, um, let's take the, uh, I don't know, the, the Bobby Kennedy fist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hypnotized. Uh, Sirhan, Sirhan. We're going to poke address. Yeah. Uh, yeah, friends are okay. You go through the whole thing. Imagine somebody taking on that for the first time and finding out about yeah. JFK and having never looked into it. Yeah. While in the middle of COVID. Yeah. With no job, no prospect of a job, no money, no fucking relief checks coming. Calloused hands from masturbation. Possibly with a business about to go under, kids fucking... You know, needing needing new school uniforms or needing new clothes for school coming the next into the second year of a pandemic, and you're like, right. my kids are going to school, and they're, you know, in a pandemic they might get sick, and I have I have no money to buy like all the trials and tribulations and troubles that that motherfucker is going through. Yeah, his bandwidth is so small. That's a good that point. Like the the fewer the fewer and fewer and fewer options somebody has in life, the more binary the decision between life and death becomes yeah man that's so well so if you've no if yeah sorry come on what are you saying no i just that's so well well because you don't i don't think about it like that you know and and that's that's why we respect you so much because you you have this ability to to look at it through those lens because you know we were very grateful of of hearing that story from him because we respect this individual and and when we heard that we're like holy crap and it at the first glimpse of it, the first take that we had on it, we were like, man, that's some fucking heavy shit. Like I, what do you mean? We saved your life. You know what I mean? It was, it was a lot to take in at once. Cause, cause our, let's just, I'll use your analogy. It's not copyrighted yet. So I'll use it. Uh, that our bandwidth wasn't as wide for those instances. You know what I mean? Is, Mm for for someone coming to us and being like hey man like you fucking have kept me alive or you have got me out of this dark time or you've you know whatever it may be it's probably a thought you never had and and as soon as you were told that it was a possible reality you were like that's a totally brand new thought a yeah. brand new thought a is brand, a really hard thing yeah. to take on Absolutely. like a brand new never before felt concept yes is putting a groove in the smooth part of your brain yeah and it's fucking hard yeah. To take on something that you've never, ever seen or heard of before. And it triggers emotions. It triggers physiological, like, uh, like biochemical, neurochemical fucking changes in your body. Yeah. Like it's a full body, like what the actual fuck. And now I don't mean to one up your story. I have a bigger audience than you. So obviously the numbers are going to be bigger. I've had maybe two dozen of those experiences. Right. And I haven't talked to anybody else about anyone else's ones, but very similar to you. Someone is like, I very well. Very well, fuck, that is hard to say. <laughs> right? I very well may, <laughs> I very well may not be here if it wasn't for your show. And the fucking, you know, intense details of that thing. And I feel absolutely privileged mm-hmm. and delighted and proud of myself that I was able to, and I thought about it long and hard, and suicide has been uh, like a big, a lot of people belong to me, 
all through my life from from a very young age, more than a few have you know ended their own lives for one reason or another. So I've thought a lot about it, and it comes down to options. And if you have fewer and fewer options as the world closes in on you, and you fewer and fewer places to go, and and directions to move out of the troubled current state that you're in. Eventually you come down to a binary decision of like, keep going or stop. And to keep going sometimes is very, very difficult. It's a very, very temporary state. That feeling of helplessness, hopelessness. Yeah. Very temporary state. Traditionally and and scientifically, like in reality, studies have been done, like all the people are like, oh man, I just feel like that for one minute. And then people who survived the suicide attempt are like, I never do that shit again. I think it's in the high 70s of people who who try it once and they go, oh no, shit, fuck, I'm glad I didn't succeed doing that. All right. Men are very men are very successful at suicide. Women, not so much. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a a wage gap joke in there somewhere. I'm just not onto it right now. <laughs> <laughs> like women only succeed 73% of the amount of suicide attempts that men. But men are not so, 92%. But, um, that's right, boy. Give yourself a big hand of applause. <laughs> <laughs> but men do it uh, traditionally more violently. They'll hang themselves, they'll shoot themselves, they'll jump in front of trains and buses, they'll jump off bridges. Whereas women do stuff like take overdoses and slit their wrists in the bath, which is, takes a long time to die from. Boring. Yeah, I mean, what a pussy, right? <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, that binary choice is a very short-lived, short period of time. But it comes from Options being reduced, mm-hmm. eroded away. I can't do this. I can't do this. no money. I got this. I fucking this debt. This fucking thing. Oh man, this thing. And then eventually, you lose your job. Your relationship breaks down. You're on your own, and you haven't got your house anymore. And then you're fucking. You know, all the things that end up taken away and taken away and taken away and taken away. And then the one thing you have autonomy over is whether you're alive or dead. And what I think that podcasts are doing, it's a surrogate for talking about your problems to somebody else. In a podcast, you can listen to somebody talk about your problems without having to engage with it, mm-hmm. which in some instances is fantastic because you don't want to actually talk about your problems. Mm-hmm. So you switch on a podcast and all of a sudden, magically, three fucking cunts just guess what your issue is. You just find something that's exactly your scenario, or your right. issue, and you're like, oh my God, because you know what? Most fucking people have the same type of problems. That's the mad thing, right? Right. So you have three lads on a podcast talking about their problems. They're like, oh, their problems are kind of like my problems. Oh, well, if they can get out of it, and they're cool, like, I respect these guys, and I know a lot. With information, synthesized knowledge, jokes, which are quite important. The humor is quite important to help it get in. Yep. And, like, a friendly demeanor. It's like listening to a conversation that you don't have to take part in. And that's why I think it's so effective at, like, switching people's heads over, because they're like, well, look at I thought I had no options. These lads have shown me that there are fucking things to be doing. I didn't have to talk to them, so I didn't expend any of my energy. I can go off and have a think about it. We're giving people options. Yeah. We're giving people other options. Right. And sometimes loneliness, isolation, that's the shit that fucking fuels the darkness, man. Because there's nobody to talk to. There's nowhere to go. There's, not, there's no no options, no way, no way out. No way out is the fucking... Is the way people are at right. that stage. There's no way out of this. There's no way out. What do I do? Bang. Right. But listening to somebody talking about it, or just talking about it, 
that's very hard to do if you've nobody in your life to have a conversation right, with. Right, sure, sure, sure. So you go sure. onto a podcast and you, you vicariously have a conversation where you're present but not present with Lazar having the same situation as you and you're like, yeah, actually, it's all not so bad. Fuck. Do you know? Yeah. That's my, at least that's my understanding from talking to the people that have messaged me back. Like, that's how it pans out. I'm fucking so glad that there's a thing that exists that's helping people like that. And yeah. It's not just my show. Your show, there's loads of fucking shows that are doing sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah. Helping people get out of fucking dark times where there is no way out. There's always a way out. There's always a way out. There's always a way out, yeah. Absolutely. Well, with that said... i let you go for piss, man. Yeah, Sorry. why don't we t- take a quick break? We'll come right back and... Uh, Let's take one. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about your show where people can find you and kind of wrap up from there. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. Hey, want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Mud Water. That's right. It's a coffee alternative made with organic ingredients that is good for your health and for your performance. Listen, are you guys addicted to caffeine like I am? But does caffeine even keep you awake anymore? Or do you just drink it to avoid the headache like I do? Check it out. With one-seventh the caffeine as a cup of coffee, You get focus, energy, immunity without the jitters, crash, and the dependency. Okay, mud fuels your morning ritual in a way that will make you Spartans smile and Buddha proud. 100% USDA certified organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, kosher, vegan, Whole30 approved. What can go wrong? What can be better than this? Listen, if you're trying to get off coffee, trying to get away from the jitters, the headaches, the dependency of caffeine, give Mud Water a try. Click on the unique link that is going to be in the description of this episode to get you some Mud Water and crack that dependency today. All right, Truth Hooligans, I want to tell you about our amazing friends over at Dr. Cowan's Garden. That's right, the Dr. Thomas Cowan, a practicing holistic doctor in San Francisco who has revolutionized health with healing your body through a clean diet and natural medicines. You may recognize him through numerous videos, lectures, discussing many different topics concerning your health. And when it comes to viruses and the integrity of some tests that are being used to prop up the pharmaceutical industry's mass hysteria operations. Dr. Cowan and his family have created a way to benefit your body by inputting clean, healthy toppings that you can add to your already existing diet. Dr. Cowan's garden has created powerful vegetable powders that you can add to your already existing recipes and use them as seasonings. Each of these jars contains roughly 50 teaspoons of a single teaspoon ser- and a single teaspoon serving of Dr. Cowan's Garden's powdered vegetables equates to a full serving of cooked vegetables. Parents having trouble with stutter- stubborn toddlers not wanting to eat or finish their vegetables, not a problem. Throw a teaspoon of this shit on top, boom. A full serving of cooked vegetables. We're excited to work with Dr. Cowan's Garden by clicking the link, your unique promo code, Dr. Cowan's Garden, to receive 15% off your entire order. Change the way you view what you put in your body and see how these products can change your life. Hey, Truth Hooligans out there, man. Listen, 2020 was a fucking wild year, and 2021 isn't starting off so good. And if 2020 has made you realize anything, maybe it's made you realize how unprepared you are. And perhaps you want to stock up on supplies that will help you be better prepared for an incoming disaster from Mother Nature or enemies foreign or domestic. If you want to stock up on supplies, check out our good friends at My Patriot 
Supply. That's right, MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriot Supply is the trusted, self-reliant supplier of all things survival and preparedness. Listen, prepping isn't crazy. Not being prepared is crazy. They offer a full lineup of storable foods, everything from short-term to long-term food storage, to gluten-free options, as well as water and air purification systems. So head on over to our website and click on the affiliates page. Check out MyPatriotSupply.com with a direct link to all their preparedness supplies. Be a truth hooligan. Join the millions of Americans that have taken their safety and their family's readiness to the next level by staying one step ahead of disasters at MyPatriotSupply.com. So go to WBConspiracies.com, click on the affiliates page, and check out the special link for MyPatriotSupply.com and be prepared for whatever the world has to throw at you. Wayne's World. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Love the countdown. Okay. Back from break with Gordo here from those conspiracy guys. Um, man, I wanted, to, I did want to ask you this one thing. So I've listened to, I don't know how many of your episodes is how many I've listened to, but I've listened to you since season one, right? Oh, Very shit. early on in your show. Um, shooting the shit with yeah, the time of your co-host, but like talking about like Bigfoot's dick and stuff like that, you know, and uh, all these great episodes you've done. And one of the ones, <laughs> That Bigfoot you recorded now, previously. Bigfoot now sponsored by Manscaped. <laughs> dick, dick, very smooth. Red rocket. <laughs> Do you think it's red? Oh yeah, that's the thing. That's the whole question. Does Bigfoot have like a man dick or a dog dick? Is it like a cock or is it like a wiener? Is it like a for sure like uncircumcised, a... right? Oh, oh yeah, I would yeah. imagine loads of skin and hair. But I just mean like, like that, but. If he's a bear, like, does he Color. have a bear's dick? Is he like a, if he's like a monkey, a monkey's dick is like a long penis bone. Do you know, it's not like a, yeah. like a man's cock is very, it's like one of the least hairy penises in the animal kingdom. Right. Right. So like, what does Bigfoot's dick have? Anyway, I interrupted your, your question again. I'm such a fucking well, cunt. No, Sorry. No, hold on here. Cause <laughs> now you got the wheels turning. I bet you, I bet you, Bigfoot's got a chode. That's why he never wants to be seen. It's all it's covered up with hair, and stubby. Though. Not, yeah, it just it's looks like, like a pitching mound with some fur on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! Like, okay, it's so, like a joint of ham. Uh, oh it's Jesus! Like a bacon joint. This is the bacon joint, just super wide, and just like, oh, I really hear so, Fuck. Uh, poor, poor so, Bigfoot. Hey man, Bigfoot lives matter. Uh, so, one of your recent episodes that that has has come out, and I think you previously record a lot of them for for your schedule. But um, Robert Birch told Robert Birch told, yeah, it's a creepy one. Okay, so here's the thing: I, I'm listening to this episode shortly after it came out, like the, the day after. And I'm like, man, I'm 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 not familiar with this. I'm not familiar with this this topic, this this individual. And then it got to the part where his buddy of the or the husband of the victim was 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 punching his clown in the car. Father of the girl and I was like, his, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, me Bob. and the wife did watch this. Yes, Bob Robert. We watched the Netflix. Yeah. 
And we watched that. We watched the doc on Netflix well over a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. It's released 2019. Abducted in plain sight. Yeah. Yes. And we're watching it. <laughs> just the encyclopedic and I don't know. there, man. You were just like, ting. And I'm like, like Rolodex and all the information. Like yes. fucking yes. Like, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Sherlock Holmes. And it's just like fucking dicks and rape victims' faces just flying past me. <laughs> <just> going, <laughs> Robert Birch told. Abducted in plain sight. 2019. <laughs> Father, but it Bob so, told. It was car wanker. Like... <laughs> It was, the, <laughs> but it was so smooth. It's like that. It's like the scene from The Office when he's like, "There's an egg on your head and it's running down your back." Like that's what you were doing as you were rolodexing my brain. Yeah, that's exactly what happened just now. So I remember watching that documentary with the wife because because we're huge fans of Criminal Minds. It's probably one of the shows that we've watched the most. Well, I don't know why serial killers just put us right to bed but um <laughs> it was right in the mood we watched yeah right in the mood to, yeah yeah to just fall right asleep with the doors unlocked you know yeah. um <laughs> my biggest fantasy so is waking up with another man standing at the end of our bed <laughs> yeah oh honey yeah. it's like episode 39 of season four remember that one <laughs> yeah right we're about to get murdered yeah what is kansas um, is Can- what is kansas the bread the bread basket stage or something like that uh, what is can I don't know. Super really nice people. Yeah, there's no place you know like home. You know what's fucked up, man? When I moved out here, segue here. When I moved out, so my last name is Bender, right? When I moved out here, we were out here for about eight months, and it wasn't until then that I found out that there was a serial killer families that lived in Kansas and they were called the bloody benders. So we ended up doing a, sh- a show about them. And I was like, awesome. Oh, fuck, I'm famous. I'm famous already. What the fuck? That's tough. they're like, they're like, Oh shit. He's come. That bender family's come back. He's like the great, great grandson or some shit. And you're like, Hey y'all just got to fucking shave yeah. the beard. Just have a mustache, like find an old picture of that motherfucker and just like style yourself on him or something. <laughs> Yeah, and people just move out of the way on this. It's like it's like I'm a black guy walking a pit bull. They just, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Just get out of my fucking way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the wife and I were watching this documentary, and even at the time we were watching this, and it wasn't until he was like, "Yeah, so I, 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 you know." I jacked him off, you know. I, what am I supposed to do? And I, I, I paused the documentary, and I was like, "Full disclosure, honey, I've never been asked <laughs> by any of my buddies, coworkers. This has never come up ever, and I've never felt obliged in any way, yeah, to just jack off my buddy, or even just to do it, like I, just to see what it was like, even just as an experiment. No, never, yeah, it's very, it's a quite a rare thing." Like, well, like you say in your show, like whatever makes the white stuff come out, except for that do. instance, it's whatever makes the white stuff come out for I think you. He had, I think uh, Bob Robert had a propensity for it. He seemed like he was, well, in the years following that, I'd say he wasn't shy of a cock or two. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about that, that white bird with the feathers on his head from Australia. <laughs> well, I'd the say, thing is though, it, I think, I think you're spot on. I think he was probably a closeted homosexual. And this is the thing that Bob Birch told trapped him in. He trapped him in that the great lie because he was married. He had kids. He had a rake of kids. And uh, he was in the fucking Mormon church 
as far as I remember. So, like, if you're into mm-hmm. Mormons, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to be Weirdo. gay. They're going to fucking get you. You know, it's not, it's not. He had him, he had him by all, like, his what he was fucking the wife as well. I can't remember yeah. her name. The girl, the daughter's name was Jan. The wife's name was, fuck, I can't remember, but the dad's name was Bob anyway. Yeah. And, um, like, so the wife was cheating on the, on the husband, obviously because she hadn't had a dick for a fucking a month of Sundays. And the dad's like a closet homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Got, I got my smooth Joe you wanted. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, fucking the dad was like roaring for Mickey. So obviously Bob Birch told, saw this like dynamic of like, mm, tasty daughter snack. Mother roaring for cock. Dad, closeted homosexual. So I can fuck the both of them, whatever makes the wife stuff come out, and catch them in like some <laughs> kind of shame trap. And then just take your daughter to Mexico and marry her and f- have loads of sex with her. Like, to be honest, with the amount of shit that I've seen in all these fucking true crime podcasts and all of these different, like you said, criminal lines and all these different crime documentaries and all that shit, like I look at that scenario and I go, yeah, it's textbook. Sure, how could he not do that? How could he not, yeah. like, how could he, how could a fucking serial pedophile not take advantage of such a fucking perfect situation of, like, religious shame and closeted homosexuality? Like, right. how did, how do more people not get caught with that? And I grew up Catholic, so I know all about fucking religious shame and guilt. Like, it's, right, it's the reason, right, right. it's the reason why there's, you know, altar boys all across the world who know all about spit fisting. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm not talking about conspiracy podcasts. Metaphorically, I'm saying like, these motherfuckers know how to suck a dick or two, whether they yeah. like it or not. Because there's a fucking guilt and shame mechanism built into that, where the priests are like the pillars of society and no one's going to fuck with them. And Bob Birch told was a pillar of society. So like, but I would love to see the stats. You, you know the way Netflix or Spotify or, you know, these, these all-encompassing tech um, companies, they they know about their CDN, their, their content delivery system, so they're delivering you the file, so they're able to know, like, when the file was paused, you know, uh, you know, if you ever look in your podcast stats, you'll see, like, streams and completes, like, so someone listened to it all the way to the end, they know whereabouts it was paused, YouTube does that analytics as well, like, where people bailed out, so you can say, oh, that bit of the video was boring, I won't do that again, or whatever. I wonder how many times people saw that bit, and he's like, oh, sorry. Jerked him off in the car. Like, and he's nearly, he's roaring. He's doing that cry where you don't actually cry, but there's just water pissing out of your eyes. So the dad was doing that type of cry, like, and he's like, and I just jerked him off the car. And uh, I wonder how many people just went, pause, just fucking paused it right there. And just went, <laughs> I used to fucking, and it's like, how many minutes of a break did it take for most people to go and collect themselves and come back and watch the rest of the documentary? I'd love to see that. There's obviously analytics yeah. somewhere where we can find that out, but. That's definitely like a pause and go for a small, small walk type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> Collect yeah. your thoughts. Like, I couldn't yeah, believe it. Because even my, like, when I paused it, before I came out with it, I looked at my wife and she had this face. She was like. Yeah. Is this like a comment? I'm like, no, no, no. Hold on. Do guys do this? I mean, like when I was in college, sure, I kissed a couple of girls, but it's just, it's kind of almost okay for girls to kiss each other because they're kind of feminine and 
it's it's yeah you know they're they're touchy feely they're tactile anyway like they hug and they comb each other's hair and pillow fights and they sh- sh- you know swap bras or whatever you know whatever the yeah. fucking yeah, national lampoons or whatever, whatever. so yes they scissor gently and whatever the national lampoons movies would have you believe that women <laughs> do in college dorms or whatever <laughs> but like guys don't sit around and be like okay take your left hand and put it on the guy's dick to your left and we just do it in a circle and the last one to come has to eat the biscuit or whatever. Like, that's not a thing that happens <laughs> yeah. often. A lot of Dutch water and, you know, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Can't I, titty fuck or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, the thing about that episode. titty like, fuck, we wank on biscuits morning, noon, and night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wiener, 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 wiener. And you're just listening to that on loop. Um you know the thing about that episode is is especially being a parent now as i was like their shame was so great mm. that they wouldn't want to have their church find out about their private lives that they're willing to like basically fuck off their daughter in a series of ways yeah it's just like uh, there's you know my spider sense goes off sometimes. Like I'm in public and I see like some old fucking weirdo guy, like looking at my cat. I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'm, are you a red dot? I got to look up your address right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just weird, weird, weird stuff. It switches your brain into a protective mode. All right. Um, remember we were standing outside of the, uh, the supermarket and it was kind of drizzling rain and Claire and I had gone for a walk and it hadn't been raining when we were going for the walk, but, of which it started kind of drizzly. The Irish should call it the wet rain. Because it's the type that you wouldn't think you'd be wet. Then when you get home, you're drowned it all the way through to your clothes, you know? Yeah. Very fine mist. Fine mist. And I had water's to not compl- wet. So. I had, yeah, the water's not wet. It's just the wet rain. That's what we call it in Ireland. <laughs> Ask any Irish person. Oh, Jesus. What, what, is it raining? Yeah. What kind of rain is it? Oh, that wet rain. Oh, fuck that then. Because there's rain when you go out and you only get a bit wet. But this stuff will fucking wet you right through, right? So we pulled down the plastic thing over the pram and I was leaving a, a WhatsApp voice message for somebody. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, this, like, I would say, like, Eastern European or Southern, Southeastern European woman just appeared out of nowhere. She's like, oh, it's a beautiful baby. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. It's by our girl. And I'm like, it's a girl. Oh, she's beautiful. And then we had the plastic thing down. It's like it has fucking like elastic around it because it fits around snug around the like the, right. the pram unit or whatever the the the, the right 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 the capsule. <laughs> and uh, and she started putting her hand I- into the plastic thing to like I don't know like coochie coo like touch the hand of the baby or give it a pinch of a cheek. And I kind of had to go like, uh, what? what? Stop! Hey, what are you doing? She's like, ah, just this beautiful baby. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Treat it like uh, a buffet food or something. Like, look, don't touch. Like, treat it like you're in the Louvre. Right. Like, look, don't touch. Like, you know what I mean? Look with your eyes, not with your hands. Like, why do you want to touch my baby? There's obviously a barrier of protection that I have up here, so you're not, like, fondling my child. I don't right. know Right, she's, yet. like, taking out a tape measure and measuring the baby. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. blue eyes, blue what eyes on I... checkbook. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... And I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? She's in her, like, late 50s. And I'm like, okay, sure, you might like babies and shit, but I'm sorry, I don't know you. You haven't even addressed me. You were just fully talking to the baby the whole time and going, is girl or boy? Blue eyes, brown hair, 35 inches long? Great. 
Like, yeah, I don't Chaiman? know. Still have Chaiman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chaiman, okay. Jesus. Careful now. But, like, it's fucking, like, why would you try to touch my baby? And I suppose yeah. pregnant women get it too when they're going around and people are like, and rubbing their fucking pregnant bellies. It's like, I will snap your arm off and bait you with it. Yeah. But, like, don't touch a baby you don't know, especially in this day and age. I remember. Strange. I remember working retail, you know. And I worked it for a long time, bro. Worked it, like, since I was 13, you know, pumping gas and lifting bags of coal, 50 kilogram bags of coal at 13 with a big wide back, double wide fucking back on me. Man, up. And a little bum fluff moustache trying to grow it. And uh, cleaning people's windows and shit like that. And then the next job I got was in a shoe shop. Fucking living the dream, bro. Living the dream. Try working in a, try working in a women's shoe shop. In summer, <laughs> when you're 15 or 16, <laughs> you will learn all the different ways to hide a massive erection. Because <laughs> the women are trying on the sandals in like summer dresses and then like kind of looking, trying to hold out their leg and looking at their shoes. And they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Trying not to fucking jizz my pants because I'm able to see right up the skirt to her knickers. I'm like, oh, yeah, lovely. Like <laughs> crazy, man. Right. But I got my first, I got my first like retail experience of like working with kids. It was a kid's shoe shop as well, right? It's very hard to go from serving a full grown woman over to the kid's shoe section because you're like, you gotta give me a minute and I'm gonna have to go for a glass of water here, right? But you're messing with the kids. Kids come in, they want shoes. And you have to kind of go between like what the kid wants and what the parent wants. Obviously, the parent wants sensible shoes at a low price. The kid wants the coolest shoes with the fucking Pokemons yeah. or the fucking Power Rangers. With the lights yeah, and heels. light up. Light yeah. up fucking shoes and shit. So, like, I have to find something that the kid will be like, yeah, I love this. But also the parent will be, like, behind them going, knowingly going, like, yes, that's a great compromise. Thank you. And obviously the people who own the shop are smart enough to buy those type of compromise shit. But just having the crack with the kids and being like, oh, they go to put the f- foot in the shoe and I'm like, whoa, and they miss on purpose. And they're like, oh, you're funny, man. And I'm like, I know. Ready, ready, ready. Whoa, oh, you missed it again. Come on. What's going on? <laughs> Having the crack cut to like eight or nine years later and I'm working in like a phone shop or something like that. And the parent comes in and they're, I'm fixing their phone or whatever. And uh, the kid is just standing there like bored as fuck. And I'm like, hey, buddy, how are you? Just when I'm fixing the phone. I'm okay. You in school today? Yeah. What you learned in school today? Well, in geography, I learned about how the rain comes out of the cloud. And then the parents are like, whoa, 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 shush, shush, shush. What are you talking to my child for? I'm like, because you're not talking to him. You're fucking glaring at me because I'm trying to fix your phone. And this poor motherfucker looks bored as shit. And I'm bored as shit fixing your phone because you had too many wanks into it. I'm just having a chat with the kid like, <laughs> you a fucking pedo. What are you talking to a child for? What are you talking about a child for? And I'm like, okay, man, if, if, if a human interacting with your child automatically qualifies them as a pedophile, you're going to have a pretty fucking sheltered child if you're going to protect it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the standard has become right. so low and the fear has become so high that any adult interacting with a child who's not their own child, or at least someone that they know, has become like a moment of alarm. And I think no more than mm-hmm. 9-11 was a trigger for us. Stuff like... Madeleine McCann and stuff like is a trigger for people in that way where they're like uh, right you can't trust anybody with your kids and I get it yeah like, if a baby girl 
if an Eastern European woman creeps up behind me in the wet rain in the dark on a November night and tries to put her hand in through a very obvious plastic barrier to get a feel of my child, I'm going to go, hey! But I'm not going to go, hey, you child trafficking pedophile witch. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go, hey, you creepy, weird, wet, old Eastern European woman I don't know in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> please don't touch my child like there's a difference right. between like hey don't touch my child and are you some sort of a pedo like i don't yeah, know why right, people will go there right. immediately but that's kind of the right. case sometimes it's not you know the protection does kick in though I, I do feel the protection kicking in but i don't automatically jump to like child traffic and pedophiles even though that's right a yeah good, a good part it's, of my job i still don't and you know, and and maybe it's just being new parents, you know, like we still haven't left our son with anybody except for us. Uh, now, granted, we don't have family out here. It might be a little different if we had, you know, moms and dads close to us. But I, I don't know. Maybe it just comes with time, territory, Yeah, but he's only, well, he's only nine months old. You're not going to leave nine, a nine-month-old yeah. with a babysitter. Like, that's... Right. That's, even if you're uh, after expressing a bunch of milk. But yeah, well, the milk is in the fridge or whatever. Like she's out there expressing a bunch of milk, or you're on formula or whatever, and you're all like, "Come here!" Uh, if he if he cries, just like do this. And you're like he's too young to really or settle with anybody else, probably as well. Right. Um. Yeah. It's not. It's not that type of time, I think. But also, the first time you leave them away with somebody, it nearly has to be family. Like it couldn't be a stranger because you're like, right. You'd never relax. The bond is too strong. Yeah. The. the the, the 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 primal protection juice is like uh, I can't you know you might kill yeah. them to to you know fo- like foster your own genetic line <laughs> or something yeah like exactly. how many how many kids do you have you have four kids and I have we've only one you're gonna kill our kids so your kids will take over the village no like it's not a <laughs> there's something in there Obviously, going like right yeah you got blonde just, hair blue eyes he's the chosen one you can't have yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's the thing like i I don't think uh like we've 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 left rena joy for maybe an hour or two with her with her granny while we went and did did some some errands um that we couldn't have a baby there for or whatever uh also like her granny was having a good time hanging out with the baby and it was all very much like Mm -hmm. wasn't exactly rigorous babysitting she's can't walk around yet so it's more kind of like sitting on your knee Goo goo gaga, and then having a nap for an hour, and then we're back, and it's like right in the car seat, off we go. Wasn't exactly yeah. like you know running laps or anything, but like you'd still be like, Jesus, like, getting in the car, man, is one of these things where I know that I brought the baby out in the car seat, I've locked her into the car seat, I go around, I get into the car, and I have to check before we pull off. Did I leave her behind the back wheels? Did I leave the baby seat down behind the back wheel? Are we about to back over our baby? Like that young Russian lad in Star Trek backed over himself with the car that time. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Poor fucker. Uh, like, are we going to back over the baby? Or like if you leave that, like on top of the roof of the car and you're like foosting around and you're driving along, you see these fucking videos, these fail blogs on YouTube and there's like a baby seat in the top of the car and it's driving by and you're like, what? Like, I have like, you know, flash nightmares, like little, day nightmares of uh oh my god do we leave the baby behind us where where and you and you check the fucking yeah. seat to see if she's still in it because you're like well we were in somebody's house did we actually pack her in it did i did we leave too quickly and i forgot to put the baby or something right like it's so you know well and the first time he tried food 
Oh yeah, that's right? cool. He's got some teeth in there, and he's. And they're like the 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 pediatrician was like, okay, there's a huge difference between gagging and choking. Gagging's fine, choking not okay. Well, oh, they gotta learn so, how to gag. That's the thing. It's a whole new thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, they were like, <laughs> he was like, and I was like, fucking give him the Heimlich right now. <laughs> Flipped the break table. Ribs. I don't care. Break ribs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. You spend 189 dollars um, on this fucking mask with a balloon on it to go like <laughs> shuck fucking yeah. bits of toast out of their neck. I have it right here. Yeah, it's got like a little sucker and a like it'll suck a grapefruit out of their stomach. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting because when I was having these conversations with Chris and Boy on the show right after I became a father, because uh, they're little seasoned veterans, you know, they got a few kids. Yeah, and Boy said, "Make like, soccer it's team." This, yeah, it's this. It's this fucking primal thing that's in in, in everybody that just uh. comes out. Yeah. of like you were saying earlier you know whatever whatever has to be done whatever you got to do yeah whatever, whatever you got to do, do. Fine. some Liam Neeson shit bro it is man and uh i think before we end the show tonight i wanted to tell you <laughs> that's nothing to, to do with conspiracies story. all of that that's just some real no man talk right there yeah no that's what it was i wanted to tell you this story um <clears throat> so when we were in ireland and we say we we're staying at the hotel in dublin so the first night we get there, we basically fucked the whole day off because we slept for eight hours. We didn't even realize it. We like fell asleep at our hotel room at like eight o'clock in the morning, and then we woke up and it was like, "Fuck, six thirty at night. We should do something," you know. So we kind of walk around town and we get back to our hotel. That it was kind of late. It was like one o'clock in the morning, and we're wide awake at this time, right? So I call down to the hotel and I want to order some food. Now, my lineage is uh, I'm supposedly half Irish, right? And I enjoy all of the Irish culture. I'm like, I'm going to get some fucking Irish food right now. I call down to room service, dude. This guy picks up the phone. One o'clock in the morning, Dublin time. Hello, might I help you? Uh, yeah, I'd like to order some room service. Oh, yeah, we closed. No food for you. Swear to God. And I was like... Am I getting punked right now? Because I'm in you, Dublin, fucking Ireland. Yeah, welcome and, to the fucking real world, bro. Dublin at one yeah, in the morning. And, and ping is... And I said, well, your little room thing right here says I can get some food, brother. And he was like, oh, yeah, maybe that old. I'm like, dude, we just got here today. <laughs> and he's like, I said, I said, can I talk to, the, to the, like a manager, please? And he's like, yeah, I am manager. What you need? I said, I need fucking food, man. And he said, uh, I can make you pizza. You want pizza? <laughs> so, no, I don't want pizza in Ireland, man. I'll just fucking go to sleep, I guess. What he meant to say and, was he's uh, going to give you hot bread with cheese. That's He just <laughs> heat up some bread with cheese on it. So you'll fucking eat it and go to sleep. <laughs> don't food at one in the I morning thought, in a hotel, bro. Come on. Where do you think well, well, this is Ireland? You're going down well, the street okay. and you have an option between like a kebab, a bag of chips, a burger. Maybe at one in the morning, maybe you might get a Chinese if it's open. But like, it's not, it's, we're not in the cuisine here. Like, I'm sure at Kansas at one o'clock in the morning, you're not going to get a big choice either. I have to defend my country on this one. Yeah, not, not, not usually, but being from California originally, you yeah, could you go could... to a fucking burrito shop at 24 hours a day. So, of course, because there's fucking kind of 44 like... million people in California. There's a market there. The yeah. concert want to eat all hours of the day and night. 
don't think anyone in Ireland yeah. is waking up at one o'clock in the morning going, James, I love a fucking full roast beef sandwich. I love a full <laughs> fucking chicken dinner. Gravy and spuds <laughs> and fucking carrots and everything. I've been bleeding lovely. It's three o'clock in the morning. Jeez, you know what I need? A full pavlova. I fucking love a full, <laughs> a whole pavlova with fresh fruit. Wonder where you get one of them. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> speak to my country on this one. Number one killer of American, heart disease. Number two yeah. is cancer. Number three is medical malpractice. So we know how to eat in this country. So. <laughs> you know, we I eat you, at all times, whatever we want, full meals. It's amazing being in London. I was in London in October doing doing a live show, and I was in Manchester as so well. Being in London, getting home from hanging out with, with fans and stuff after the show in Manchester or something like that. Uh, Ten past three in the morning, quarter to four in the morning. And I went on to, like, Deliveroo. And I had, like, a full... Beautiful. I didn't have any dinner before the show because I was shitting. Full beautiful <laughs> dinner at like ten to four. Delivered to the reception. The reception brought it up to the room. I was like, I'm eating dinner at four in the morning in Manchester because it's a metropolitan city. And I was like, this is class. Yeah. Love this. It was like it was like you know being in an actual place. <laughs> so I live in the country and we have like three options, and two of those are chips. Like, it's not a French place. It's not, you know, it's not a, you know, you're in Ireland, man. There's not that much fucking option, you know? Yeah, that maybe that's what I was expecting, like, to, you know, I'm like, it's a major city. It's got to be something open. Someone's got to be down there cooking something no. right now. No. You get you get a kebab, no. possibly. Uh, I tell you, from that trip that you were um, over for, I don't think mm-hmm. I ever told you the hardship that I went through trying to pay for your parking. Remember I offered to pay for your parking that time? Yeah, you, and you did. I know I did. You but it did. took me an hour and a half to find your fucking car in the car park. They wouldn't tell me where the car park was. So your car was parked in the car park, but it was in this fucked up, weird place that wasn't anything to do with the hotel. And I yeah, was walking you, up and down you had the to walk under a Rapeville Bridge. Yeah, under a like... junkie bridge covered in bird shit. <laughs> it was painted. It was painted that. with bird shit. Like a Stone Roses I album do cover. I remember that. Remember that shit? I, I was wandering for an hour yeah. and a half going like, I, 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 and I can't give up now because I told them I'd do it and if I don't pay for it, they're going to get fucking, they're, they're going to get clamped. So I had to commit and I was like, fuck, what do I do? And you weren't answering the phone. I was ringing you going like, where's your fucking car? It's like, I don't know, brother. It's a bridge. Some bird shit on it. I was like, bro, every bridge has bird shit on it. And there's like eight bridges here around here. We're in fucking Bridgetown. Like, what the fuck? I don't know, I man. do. I know where it is. Tell me. Oh, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> if I was there, if I was there, I could do it. Like, motherfucker. And I went half. I went, I probably was talking to the same guy in the same hotel. I was like, hey, man, can you tell me is there a car park associated with the hotel? No, no car park. No, no. No car park. I make you pizza. Your You're pie. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking bonkers and, and, and i'm like trying to talk to, to you on the phone and there's like yeah. screaming happening because we're on that ghost tour thing that's happening yeah. and the, the guy's making noise in the bus and i'm like ah oh my god okay wait so sorry with the car of virgin bridge i was trying to save i was trying to save you a 40 euro round trip in a taxi back to your hotel to play for the car i was like i'm going that way anyway no hour and a half fucking bonkers Claire was probably like, these Americans fucking killed them. I know it. <laughs> she get a true crime podcast out of it, man. Yeah. Some Chris Watts shit. But um, yeah, you wouldn't, you, you, you probably got here at the right time. It was probably the last time, the last window of um, free movement pre-pandemic and also pre-baby. 
Because with yeah, a baby, it, there's no such thing as free movement anymore, I guess. Right? <clears throat> no, no. And I and I did tell my wife because we were talking about originally what we were going to do is we were going to go to Ireland, and then the year after that we were going to go to Greece. She wanted to go to Greece, <sighs> and I said, "Well, listen, I want I want to see." She knew she she knew what she married into, and I was telling her, "I was like, I want to see Ireland before the world ends." Wow, whatever shit. that may look like. And she goes, okay, let's do it, right? We had some money saved up. Let's go do it. So we go do it, and then boom, COVID. And I was like, oh yes, thank I'm God. Unlucky Greece. I fucking yeah, yeah. I uh, it, it definitely a trip of a lifetime, man. I wish I could do it again. Um, yeah, hope hope you can do it again soon. We do a live show and you get over here, bring everybody over. That would be cool. Um, I'm very really glad cool. I got to see Europe the summer, like that that summer 2019. Yeah. We went to a bunch of places and made a bunch of videos. Um. I'm really glad I got to see it before it all got shut down. Like, it's never going to be the same. And I felt that, man, no. in 2017 when I had that concept to go to America. Like, I could feel something in my fucking bones. Mm-hmm. If I don't go now, it's never going to be the same again. For some reason, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I got to go now. It's your civil war or some fucking shit. It's coming down the fucking pipeline. And yeah, lo and behold, like, it's happened. New York is and never you know, going to be the same. I'll never be able to walk <coughs> the streets of New York and be all like, you know, the lights are bright on Broadway. Like, it's never going to be that fucking the shots. Yeah, now yes. it's like, get like, um, get the shots and wear your mask yeah. or get in the camp. the vaccine. Or there's Stephen Colbert bullshit is going on. Oh, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's sick and it's fucking Jimmy Fallon and Ariana Grande singing like, booster, booster, booster. It's like, what the fuck, bro? This is propaganda. Yeah. This is the shit that we've shown in 40 years. The same way we're looking at like Goebbels movies. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> seriously, like right side of history. Yeah. My cock. Uh, but yeah, so like, um, I knew that I wanted to see, I wanted to see LA, man, before it fell. And now it is literally a human feces strewn war zone of crime and bullshit, apparently. Now, obviously, that's not everywhere. And the small vignette through which I see a place or a culture or people or a a location through the internet isn't indicative of the grand scheme of things. But, like, when you're looking at dozens and dozens and dozens of videos of, like, fucking CVSs and Apple shops and fucking, you know, Nike stores and all being smashed and gangs of 18 and 20 guys going in and pulling out fucking boxes of shit like, but nobody's robbing more than $950 worth of stuff and everyone's getting away with it. When you see fucking people like fighting in the streets, you know, cops intimidating people who aren't wearing masks and fucking protests and smashing windows and burning cars and, you know, ah, just like fucking end of the world shit, like, like, yeah, dystopian movie shit. I'm kind yeah. of going, yeah, man. I wish I got to LA when it was just the cops were just kind of shitty, people and I didn't have to. Look yeah, at it. when it was just you knees on I mean? knees on necks, you know, <laughs> knees what I mean? on necks, knees on necks. Remember, the, remember the days of just when it was just knees on necks. Remember those days? <laughs> they were the good old days. Say <laughs> yeah. all the say all the the clan Democrats. Um, no, I just mean like. It's never going to be that type of America again. Yeah. You know, I'm sure people thought that after like the Vietnam War or after 9-11. It was like, yeah, it's not the same America now. Like a a pre-9-11 New York was like the center of the fucking world. It was Rome 
for the Roman Empire. Yeah. Like New York was right. the fucking center of it all. Yeah. And it just stopped one day in September. Yeah. And it just wasn't anymore. Yeah. It was Where really you weird. When the world stopped turning. Yeah. <laughs> weird like, mass uh, lag guitar. World doesn't, yeah, world doesn't turn. Anyways. Um, you know, <clears> it's just weird. <throat> I, and I fucking, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a rage and I missed out on it because I would have loved to, I would love to see it uh, with my own eyes so I can actually speak about it with authority. It's the other thing. I feel know. like you do, you, you, but you've done a very good job. I mean, your 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 cultural appropriation to the American culture is, is, is not far off. I mean, you're almost born in the wrong country. You know, I, I've I feel always that. said that like I was, I was like born in the wrong state. Is, yeah. uh, well, but I'll say like California was a completely different place 15 years ago. Oh yeah. Way different, way different. There's a lot of pride that came like the, 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 the amount of pride that like Texans have for Texas is what Californians had for California 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. But they've been shifted. They've been demoralized now though, man. That fucking Yuri Bezmanov shit. Like they've just been. Yeah. Demoralized. We just, we infiltrate schools. Yes. We teach them communism. Great shit. Yes. Everybody's gay. You shit in the street. <laughs> uh, government is communist, and uh, you know uh, Olaf is your uncle. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking. It's it's uh, it's so weird how California has gone. And um, same with like see like with with uh, Oregon and New York and places places. I mean, not so much say like Minnesota after after. Um, the protests and stuff like that. It's the same as like Missouri after Ferguson or whatever. There's still like a cohort of people who stay there and perpetually yeah. protest or whatever. But it's um, it's really big in, in New York and California. That seem they seem to be the center of everything. Man, California is like Hollywood, the whole culture, like all of that stuff. All yeah. that LA scene, like it's it's too hyper influential. Like such a small geographical location, LA. Yeah, and yet such a massive cultural imprint. And now it's it's ruined, and all the people who lived there and had the influence there, by and large, have moved east. A lot of them to Austin, Texas. It seems like lots of people that I would consider like my creators of choice, like the people that I watch often, they're all just bailing out to fucking Joe Rogan land. Yeah. Like, what do you think about all that? Is it a, is it is California sinking ship? Is it is it a viable option to move to somewhere like Austin, which is, by all accounts, as liberal as California, but it still has the, the laws and rules of like old school <coughs> California, as you said, of fifteen years ago. It's liberal. It's not would, like yeehaw, but it's you know. I w- what's what's interesting is we were originally looking at moving to Texas, um, and we were going to move to a city called Round Rock, which is just south of Austin. Same shit as my dick. (laughs) So two years ago when we were looking at this. That's Bigfoot nickname for dick. Round rock. Round rock. (laughs) You know, the mound. Furry mound. (laughs) Um, And we we were looking at this. There's a website called Niche, N-I-C-H-E, where you can type in a geological location, whether it be a city, state, whatever whatever it may be. And it tells you crime diversity, uh, income, all that kind of stuff. And we were looking at all these statistics when we were trying to find somewhere to move. Two years ago, Round Rock's crime rate, 
it's like per 100,000 per capita or whatever it is. Well, however they base that number, it was like a, an A minus average. So very, very safe overall. Plus, uh, California like Kansas, uh, or uh, Texas like Kansas is a constitutional carry. So you can conceal a weapon or open carry a weapon. You don't need a permit. Cool. Now, round weapon rock carrier? is like a, is, oh uh, yeah, I open carry everywhere. So is my wife. Uh, cool, she, she keeps it in the diaper bag, but. Uh, I got no problem sending anybody to whichever god they pray to. But um, <clears throat> Round Rock's crime now is at like a B minus. So it's so it would seem that Austin, much more of a liberal area, it, it would appear to be more of a stronghold for the California like-minded people that went there. And it's dispersing throughout the state. So people that were living in Round Rock and surrounding areas are just going further out into the state, which is not a huge deal because Texas is fucking huge. Uh, I mean, like it takes like 12 hours to get across it if you drive straight through. But um, it's not far off to assume that Austin is probably not where you'd want to go if you move to Texas and there's plenty of other great areas to go. But I've always felt that California and New York were like the beta tests for the new world order, right? New mm. world order as far as states go. And then like Australia is the one that they beta test as a country. Yeah. Um, I get that. Yeah. Which is why everything like, dude, the first case of Omicron or whatever the fuck, the, the transformer variant happened in California. And then the second case happened in New York. Now, could yeah. you base that on population or just, it seems to always fall into this Rolodex of, Oh, it's going to happen here and then happen there, you know? Yeah, I think New York is the the beta version of like the the um the hyper dense high rise city, and then like yeah. L A, San Francisco, like the Bay Area all the way down <clears> to <throat> L A. Um, that's kind of the the flat terrain, hyper hyper density. Like, there's a lot of people living in the flat terrain, but it's like multi. Was it what would you say? Like multi. Uh, multi-terrain like there's mountains there's beachfront yeah. there's desert there's you know uh, uh like a very um urban grid areas there's you know yeah uh, very right. very affluent areas there's urban decay there's like super rich next to super poor like it has all of the yeah. the geographical <clears throat> options whereas new york is just like an island that's on a grid with fucking buildings that go up and like millions and millions of people all stuck together um, pretty tightly. And then you have a couple of polders that the other fuckers stay on commuting. And I was like, it is a, it would, it would be a great Petri dish for social experiments. Do you remember yeah. at the start of the pandemic when all the people in New York were dying and they were taking thousands of them out to this island and burying them in white rags? Yeah. What the fuck yeah. happened to all of those people and all those bodies and where are they all actually dead people <clears throat> and where are those mass graves and did they dig them up now that they know the COVID is not like the deadly Stephen King ex like uh, extermination virus that they thought it was in March 2020. Like I remember how disturbing yeah. that was when I saw them packing dozens and dozens, hundreds of bodies out on that fucking, there's like a sand space or something like that that's like a trash island in New York. And they dug yeah. up a whole massive fucking mass grave and fucked loads of people into it like a hot, like, like they did in the, at the end, at the end of the Holocaust when they're putting all the, all the Jews into the grave, like tumbling into big fucking 
Uh, you know, mounds of bodies. Well, like, what the fuck happened there? And why is nobody talking about it anymore? And why has it never been mentioned since? I guess <clears throat> you could look at it from two different angles, right? I think one of the ones that we generally view that from is was it more of like the Chinese propaganda when they were people were just falling over in the streets? Yeah, which, fitting. You know, didn't happen. If yeah. that was more of a massive scare tactic because from a legal standpoint how can you do that you're just dumping bodies in a fucking in a in a shithole where like where the family's notified that they get a death certificate like did they get to go to the trash mound and try to find their loved ones to confirm that that was actually them and did they have the coroner contact them i mean i i don't know it was it was it was almost like a it was it happened so fast it was like a glimpse it was like a glimpse in time on a on a newsreel to like scare a lot of people to stay indoors, yeah. and then like you said, well, it, it, it made people react it so. It made people react so extremely, though. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I know it was a glimpse, but like people, it really scared people, like to lock down and stuff. But yeah. they never talk about it. All with all this Doctor McCullough stuff on Joe Rogan and Fauci, Fauci being under 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 uh, questioning at the fucking Senate committee hearings on Rand Paul spanking his arse and stuff about yeah. uh, about getting a function and all this kind of stuff. Like, none of that was mentioned as, like, very obvious propaganda. It's like everyone's forgotten about the mass graves that people had to dig in New York. <clears throat> like, nobody ever mentions that, ever. Yeah. That's fucking bizarre right? that nobody talks about it's that. Super because weird. that's, like, it was a really big thing with the Holocaust where, like, it was really big, like, newsreel stuff. Yeah. They were showing that the was like the... Look what... Yeah, look what these... Dirty Nazis did. Is that like, yeah, what, yeah. what do you mean? They all had typhoid. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to bury them. It was the only choice. They were dirty. <laughs> we, don't they were, them, they were... we don't want them on the top of the ground. No, that's yucky. We put them under the ground. Yeah. Now we don't see them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, a tenth of New York City's COVID dead, maybe in mass graves on Hart Island. And like you fucking for real, man. It's very odd, yeah. isn't it? How, it's super like, weird. Did you get death certificates? Like, what happened to all those people? Yeah, right. Very they, odd. You just get one in the mail if you're a family member. They're like, so and so Johnson died of COVID. We buried him out in the fucking pl- hill. Can't go there. Yeah, it's like someone that got blown up in Vietnam, and they just bring like a folded flag to your mother's house. She yeah. collapses on the porch, whatever. Like in those movies. <laughs> like a country song. Yeah, same private Ryan or some shit. Like it doesn't like that's a lot that's a lot of people. Maybe Heart Island says is uh uh it's a public cemetery. So maybe they were just Hmm. It's, it's weird, hard to say. It? I mean, I don't know if you if you call bluff on that. That's a that's a bold move to make, maybe, I don't know, but you would think that like <clears throat> Funeral homes would be making a killing right now. God damn. We should, yeah. we should pull some podcast money. We'll do some investments, get a funeral home. Send somebody next variant to roll out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy stocks in COVID. Uh, <laughs> we're going to buy these. We're going to buy this COVID coin. Um, it says Hard, <laughs> Hard Island contains New York's 131 acre Potter's Field or public cemetery. Uh, it's described as the largest tax funded cemetery in the United States. The largest in the world, then, in that case. Uh, Jesus. Uh, 1,500 burials a year. I guess they're burying, like, um, 
medic, medic, like unclaimable bodies, homeless people. It says they're, oh. they're burying stillborn babies. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, in the Does year, the Illuminati own that place. I don't know, man. How many? I don't know how many bo- empty boxes get buried there, and they keep the babies. Uh, they said in the year before oh. COVID, one thousand four hundred nineteen burials were at that place. 826 were adults, 546 were infants, and 47 were dismembered body parts. That's weird. Oh my God. Heart Island. That's a weird fucking thing that just came into my head. I was thinking about it the other day when we were talking about like Peter McCullough and Joe Rogan going like, it's all bullshit. And uh, I watched a kind of a half debunking video and I have to watch the rest of it today. Very interesting stuff like, and I'm, I'm really holding my breath until all of this thing kind of writes itself, I can really feel um, Omicron being basically like a bad flu and we're just going to yeah. live with it going forward and they won't mandate vaccines. And then the White House puts out something today. I have to get you the proper quote because it's actually, uh, it's actually it's bonkers. It's super Nazi-esque. It's, it's bonkers. It's like a, a definite a, the dark The dark winter. Yeah, the definite threat. To the people. Yeah, I saw that. America I saw says, that today. We are intent on le- not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and we'll get through this. But for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon <laughs> overwhelm. Fly, you fools. <laughs> Fly to the booster center. Like it's fucking... How, how, tre- how spooky. Tre- right side of history? The White House writes that, right. and they're on the right side of history, saying, if you don't fucking cooperate, you're dead. <clears throat> and you know, I sure don't, I, I pitched this idea to Chris and Boy, and I, I kind of want to see if we can figure out, maybe do, do it. Um, I'm sure you've seen maybe some of these um, videos that are out there of, prominent people that have been kind of against COVID and against the vaccine, stuff like that. And they're, it's like a compilation of all these people. Like one will say like, it's, it was just two weeks. And then the next one will be like, it was just a mask. And then they keep going for like two minutes and it's how far it started from how far we are now. And I was like, dude, we should do that same thing. But like, I'll start with the same way. Okay. It was just two weeks. All right. It was just a mask, but like slowly I'm putting on a uniform and then my like accent starts starts going German like yeah. oh, it's just a passport what are you so worried about yeah. and then like I put on like the hat and then it's there's like a train the in... yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's a train in front of me I'm like I'll be the it's just a camp for <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. vaccinated you know yeah yeah uh, yeah it's eerie man that that came out of the white the White House the White House man. <laughs> Ein tausendjähriges Reich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking it's bonkers. That's like basically like, happy Christmas. Fuck you, you're dead. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. What the Merry fuck? Merry Christmas. If you celebrate that or yeah, Kwanzaa yeah. or XYZ, yeah. by the way, if you're unvaccinated, go fuck yourself. Mazel's out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, must. <laughs> Isn't it crazy though that the White House to say that? It's like, happy Christmas to everybody, but if you're unvaccinated, get ready for a winter of dead. Like, <laughs> what? The just can't say that. He can't say that to us. Get ready for a winter of death for you and your family. And I know, everything, that's... You love, everything you love will die this winter. 
Like, what the fuck, White House? Who wrote that shit? That is bonkers, man. Skit from Lewis Black when he comes out with the, we're we're fucked, we're fucked. (laughs) Loads of point and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, So getting towards the end of the episode here, because my wife is like, dinner's fucking ready. Um, Your dinner's ready. My, it's 20 past one in the morning here, man. My, my. My eyes feel like full nappies. I'm just like no. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's get it wrapped up here. Um, and I appreciate your time and and, and doing this so late. I I know the time difference is kind of fun to I, work with. No man, loads um, loads of respect for you. And uh, we've pushed it on two times now. I even got a half hour delay. Let's be honest, I got a half hour delay for today uh, to eat eat my nom noms. And uh, but that picture appreciate was, uh, you. orgasmically good, man. I was like, oh, hey, dude, d- that's take ninja. your time. So, woo. That's a that's Take a that's time. a ninja a ninja air fryer. I use that instead of an oven because I were over in the shit. Wow, that, that motherfucker good. can can uh, roast up a chicken in forty five minutes. Bye. It looks good, man. I, I love it. You're I'm, swallowing already. It's like fucking dinner's ready in the Bender house. Right? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, oh my god. Um, <laughs> something I wanted <laughs> to mention to you, <laughs> and then I'll I'll give you an opportunity where people can find you if if, if yeah, you man. don't know. Like what are you fucking doing? It's crazy. Um, so we had a we had a guest on our show very early on in COVID. Now this is prior to the vaccine, prior to them even rolling anything out. Donald Trump was still in office, and uh, his name was Bearded Black Cowboy, and he runs a martial arts school in Texas. Now he did uh, I think ten fifteen plus years in the, in the police force. He was a SWAT officer. When the Pope came here, he was actually part of the Pope's uh, detail service as far as his protection. So he's trained in violence. He's very he's very good at what he does. He trains anti-kidnapping classes for kids and women. Um, he's cool. a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's like, he's, so he's legit, right? And uh, we, we asked him on, on the show. Now, we were postulating, right, with that and there's an egg on your head and it's rolling that rolodex of information that we have basically like hey it's not out of the realm of possibility that in the near future they're going to be talking about mandatory vaccinations coming to people's houses possibly putting them in fucking puts them in the box cars off to summer camp <laughs> yeah. um, and he said people have to know, visit South it, Dakota sometime <laughs> yeah what better? <laughs> That's the new uh, fucking Southwest ad. Yeah, yeah. Want to get away? <laughs> Instead of the, <laughs> want to get away? Just don't be vaccinated. <laughs> Minnesota's um, new tourism campaign is like, oh yeah, well, I mean, uh, you're going to love Minnesota, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Come and join us up the north. <laughs> yeah, man, it's going to be all these poor, all these poor people, unvaccinated people, getting dragged to fucking South Dakota. For these FEMA camps, man. Anyway, sorry, sorry, right. I'm interrupting you. No, yeah, no, no, fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, and we asked him what his opinion on that. Now, this is somebody who's potentially has bodies on his record, right? Now, we didn't ask him that. We're like, hey, man, how many people have you fucking killed in your life? Yeah. What's your, your body that. count? Are you talking fucking yeah. killing? <laughs> yeah. I've done both the same day. Um, <laughs> Which one first? I'm not going to tell. Yeah. <laughs> leave, the, leave that up to you to decide. Uh. And and we asked him what his opinion on it was. And th- and again, this is somebody who's very skilled in violence. And there's other people like this in the world, like the Tim Kennedys of the world that are out there, right? Uh, and 
he said, I'll, I'll say this. If anybody ever came to my house to take away my children, my wife, myself, do, do harm to us, do harm to our family. Um, he said very eerily, he said, you didn't bring enough people. And oh, shit. Right. And that like gave me, it, it tickled my gicker, as you would say. <laughs> uh, and there's, uh, there's a lot of people uh, yeah. that I think are, are, are starting to see that viewpoint. Mm. wherever that may be for them and their own situation. Uh, not only in our country, but kind of around the world. If you look at the protests that are happening in Australia, oh. New Zealand, do that video of the guys in New, De- New Zealand doing the haka. I was like, I'm scared for whoever they're doing that. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking I hell. mean, it's getting wild out here, man. I wouldn't play rugby against a bunch of cunts that did that. Never mind getting into a civil war. <laughs> yeah. To fucking rip your arms off. See London at the weekend, fucking t- tens of thousands of people out. Like, they could roll over every cop in the city, no problem. Take over the place, mob rule, no yeah. problem. Australia, New Zealand, Austria, Netherlands. Netherlands, they nearly burnt the whole place down in Rotterdam. Nearly burnt the whole city to the ground. And the Netherlands are on full f- level five supreme lockdown till the 14th of January. <laughs> and I, I don't think they'll make it past Christmas before the fucking place is on fire. Yeah. Italy. Hundreds of thousands out in Italy, all with the fucking their their lighters out like a fucking Prince concert. In fucking Rome, just like we're not yeah. gonna put up with it. Go fuck yourself, yeah. fangulo. Like right. absolutely. No vaccine rain, vaccine rain. <laughs> Never gonna cause you any booster. Never gonna cause you. Oh my crane, yeah. That's too funny. But this is the fucking thing. This is the thing. These people are not putting up with it. They're already going like, no, we're going to protest to the detriment of our personal safety. Like, we do not give a fuck. And a lot of them are already vaccinated. And they're like, you said two. You said only two. And now it's three. And now it's a new thing. And then we're locked in. No. 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 Mm -hmm. No. And I find, it's hard to say the stats, but I find that there's people now there's people who would never entertain the idea of getting a vaccine for this thing at all are pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, they're pretty peaceful about it. They're pretty like, yeah, no, it's all good. They're not aggressive. They're not like, right. Oh, fuck you. They're not like aggressive towards people who've already got the vaccination or condescending or patronizing around like that. They're not fucking like, Oh, fucking these sheep getting the vaccines. They're like, I understand, man. The propaganda was hard. I get it. They're much more compassionate. I feel the people who got the two shots, who are now changing their minds, are some of the most angriest people on the internet uh, in protests in real life. The angriest people because they were fucking duped and they've already yeah. got the bad shit inside them and they're going, you fucking, you duped me and I'm mad at you now. They're the cunts who are going to smash the place up. The lads who who were like, like you and I saying, we're stretching our assholes for 20 years. The people who got spit-fisted are mad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't want that. And you fucking spit fisted me with this thing. And now I'm woke up to it now. And I'm like, no. You have to pay. They're the ones who right. are smashing the place up. I find. Yeah. Anecdotally, yeah. obviously, that is. But there's no stats on it. But I find that talking online to people who've already got the boosters who are now regretful, who are like, oh, it's a whole system and we're going to be on this fucking carousel for six-month boosters for years. People who took it like, 
the first adopters of vaccines are now like technically unvaccinated. And yeah. Like, what do we take it for then? That's just bullshit. We were promised a different thing and they're fucking mad about it. And I don't blame them. I'd be mad as well if I, if I decided like, okay, I'm going to capitulate for the social contract and keep everybody safe. And then all of a sudden you find out it's not keeping everybody safe. In fact, there's loads of people dying of complications and all this kind of stuff. And then something like the Peter McCullough interview comes out and it totally throws all these spanners in the works and the fucking propaganda machine goes to work debunking it all again. And like they were saying, nothing about Peter McCullough till he was on Joe Rogan. And that kind of is going for the last nine months hard. Yeah. But they said nothing about him until he was on Joe Rogan. And then it's like, right, switch on the Peter McCullough debunking machine. And then the next of all, his history's being dragged up. There's all these fucking articles about, like, he got flushed out of the search engine. Uh, all the positive stuff got flushed out because now there's, like, New Yorker articles and Vulture articles and Medium articles and all these fucking things about the delegitimacy of Peter McCullough, how he's a fraud and he's been a fraud for years and all this kind of stuff. He's not even an epidemiologist. Like, but only since Joe Rogan, they were like, shit, right. we got to cover this motherfucker up, like. It's such a weird phenomenon to watch. You know? Yeah, Judy Malkovich, all, Malkovich, Malkovich, whatever her name is. It's all yeah. over again. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking mad, man. And then, and then of course, they're saying trust the science. Uh, you know, if you come to me and say, if an eight-foot bird in a, in a, uh, an eight-foot yellow bird in a collar and a tie says to me, <laughs> did I need to trust the science? I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that bird because I watched that bird tell me about the letter P and the number four when I was six years of age. And I believed him then and I believe him now. Right. I can hear your baby in the background, bro. Yeah, he's getting ready Judy to is literally calling you. Judy is calling. I could stay. Listen, I, 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 you know what? I could power through and do another hour, even with nappy eyes. Talk shite with you for hours. I'd love to. And what? I would appreciate that, but I got, like you said, I got duty calls. The wife's hitting me up and duty. the baby is pissed. So Duty calls. Duty. Literally shit from his asshole. So, Gordo, man, uh, this was awesome. was awesome. I we'll appreciate it. it. We'll yeah, do a we'll 400 the next time the boys are free in the new year. Yeah, absolutely, man. So so t uh, tell everybody that, that maybe they don't know who you are, where they can find you, and how they can support you. My name is Gordo. I'm the host, producer, presenter, director, creative powerhouse. <laughs> oh, what cockology. Fucking hell. I'm penning me back for sucking my own dick there. Uh, <laughs> and my name is... No, my, no, go ahead. <laughs> Whatever you want. Hold me back. Uh, my name is Gordo. Uh, my podcast is called Those Conspiracy Guys. You can find us on thoseconspiracyguys.com as the website on all the social media. And if you want to find out all the places to listen to us, there's a magic link that I'm sure... Ryan put into the description below, and we have it on the website as well, and we also have it in um, all of the social media uh, bios. It's taplink.cc slash those conspiracy guys. You'll find us on all the apps, including Spotify and Good Pods. You'll find us on uh, all the video platforms except for YouTube. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about Rockfin, Odyssey, BitChute, um, Rumble, loads of great places. And uh, yeah, it's a conspiracy show. It's comedy, obviously. A bit of history. Uh, a bit of lateral thinking. And it's a roundtable kind of a chat between uh, three hilarious gentlemen most of the time. Uh, we also have true crime episodes from your favourite rapists and murderers. And you can go back and have a listen through that. And 
It's always the mother. The mother fucking does it every time. Fucking does something weird with their dicks and then they have to choke <laughs> a bitch to get the white stuff to come out. That's the fucking spoiler alert for every serial killer episode. But uh, right. yeah, loads of that stuff. And then we have loads of great interviews as well. Uh, swap cast with loads of other um, conspiracy shows. So if you want to broaden your horizons. Uh, but most of all, the deep dives are six, seven hours long. And I mean, it might seem daunting to face down a seven hour podcast but believe me the time flies it's great fun it's very informative and we do dive deep and uh yeah come on over hope you listen i'm gonna put this up as a swapcast on my channel as well so tell everybody about uh whiskey beer and conspiracy so they can find the uh the love on your side yeah so uh show whiskey beer and conspiracy podcast um we are available on all podcasting platforms uh we are also not on youtube ha Tui, we got demonetized before we were monetized. So, yeah. <laughs> I got I took it down before it was taken down. Fuck yeah, on. that's right. Fuck you. So, uh, video platform we are on Rockfin, um, which is really cool. We're pushing that a lot right now. It's it's been a huge thing for our show. So it's awesome. Thank you guys for the guys over there that that created us and let us create and and present our our material to the masses. So it's pretty cool. Um, we're on Instagram and facebook and that's about it as far as social media goes but uh yeah you can catch our show pretty much anywhere if you go to our website wbconspiracies.com uh type it in pull it up we got some all the documentaries we have on our uh our our website there have all been pulled from youtube so it's pretty cool i downloaded hard nice. copies way before and i was like oh i should probably download this shit it's gonna get, get that secret fucking thumb drive somewhere in the drawer it's the same one bro <laughs> it's behind a vent yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The go bag. <laughs> yeah. I'll put I'll put all those links uh, for my people in the description on, on my version of this episode too. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so well, much awesome, for having man. me on, man. Had a blast. Yeah, I'm this sorry you have fun. to go Thank on. You. I'm sorry I have nappy eyes, but um Yeah, no, it's hey man, life happens. We're we're dads and you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I gotta put the cape on. It's just a different color. That one's tinfoil, this one's <laughs> been tinfoil, that one's more of like a beige, like an off white, like a hue. <laughs> like a wa- like a waterproof uh <laughs> smock. <laughs> uh, right, thanks for having cool. me on. Had a blast. We'll do it we'll do it again soon. Uh do a four hander yeah. and we'll fucking talk mad shit and we won't get Absolutely. so ranty. No, it was great, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It's been uh, it's been an awesome episode, and uh, we'll sure. definitely do it again, like you said. So that's it oh, shit, for this bro. episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast, the 100th episode. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys uh, in the next one. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You ain't saying this whole, you ain't saying this whole, Donald Trump, Putin, shit. I'm a human being, God damn it! my life has value. By order of the hooligans, welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar.